Beautiful people of the internet, welcome to the BRB AFK podcast. I'm your humble producer, Boston. Joining us in the Zencaster series, as always, is the time being, Scott. Houston, we have a problem. So many problems. So many. <laughs> Luckily, Russian, French, Japanese, it's all made in Taiwan. What? What were you trying to say? Is that not the... Oh, no, that's Armageddon. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> I was so lost. <laughs> is this because before we started recording, the line you said right as you hit record was, I'm so hungry. Uh, that's part of it. I wish I wish that had made it onto the podcast. Oh. <laughs> also joining us, uh, as you can hear, is our illustrious host, Ryan Shipley. Thank you. And Scott is on for his second episode in a row, so this makes a new streak for him. I know. This is Please, exciting. Baby. Almost as exciting as you opening the podcast with, Do You Want to Taste It by Wigwam. I guess you're trying to get in on that peacemaker love. <laughs> Getting in on that peacemaker love, I know... I'm fascinated by how he's being irreverent, which is, you know, what, what most of Marvel fans love about Marvel. Everyone's yeah. like, well, it's, that's just disrespectful for that. No, no, it's, it, I'm, I'm sorry. DC did, doesn't get that. No, you can, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's the best thing DC has had in a long time. And I hate the fact that we're only audio podcast because we learn that entire dance for that song. And yeah, it sucks shame. that we that we can't show everybody. Such a shame. Uh, at some point we can. We'll, we'll get there yeah. at some point. Yeah, we even, we even have an eagle that can swoop down for the end part. And that eagle is played by our, our guest tonight. Speaking of Americans who love their country, please welcome to the studio, Lance Adams. Woo! Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. I was just listening, and I, I want to say I force the following opinions. You you told me later you were going to ask for suggestions. Peacemaker is definitely on my list. I absolutely yeah. love it. So, Boston, you said something a second ago for people that are all uppity about and, and, and gatekeepy about DC's not being irreverent. May I introduce you to the Watchmen? And we'll go from there and see how that, that, that turns out. But it depends on who you ask. That I found out that there's, as I should, I mean, I should have known better, but I found out there is a large group of people that were very unhappy with the HBO series. So Really? I haven't watched it myself. I love the movie. I love the book, but I haven't seen it. Oh, the TV show is phenomenal. I don't know if you know this but you know peacemaker uh, uh was originally su- who the comedian was supposed to be oh is that okay because i okay because they were all that makes sense because the watchmen were based on all the charleston comic characters right 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 dc bought charleston comics and uh, uh alan moore wrote this piece um blue beetle was uh night owl question was uh Rorschach. So all these people were, they were like, no, 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 you can't do <laughs> yeah. this. We just bought these characters. You can't, you can't have Peacemaker yeah. raping a fellow hero. This, this can't happen. Go back and try again. So he invented the comedian, yeah. the night owl and so on. But Peacemaker was the original, I guess, template for the comedian. That kind of makes sense when you, when you look at like the Peacemaker as a character. Yep. And I know physically he's based on G. Gordon Liddy, but that's all I ever knew before. I, I didn't realize that the Peacemaker even existed till Suicide Squad. I didn't know him as a character at all, but it is great. Yeah, I've been reading comics for a long time, and this I had no idea who Peacemaker was either. I think they skip it in the show, but I was reading somewhere that uh, one of the versions of him in the comic believes the souls of everyone he kills are trapped in that helmet. Oh, that's interesting. That kind of makes sense for the last episode of the show. A lot. Hmm. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you started it yet, Boston? 
I have not. Okay, uh, Scott? No, I haven't either. Okay, but you've been watching cool stuff, so it's okay. I am, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, so we can do a little recommendation here. I mean, we'll, we'll do it at the end of the show, but I think you're right, Lance. Everybody out there that hasn't watched it yet needs to watch Peacemaker. John Cena is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Hilariously brilliant. It's kind of funny, too, because my brothers, you know, are wrestling fans. They've hated John Cena for years. I once even told William that, despite him, I was going to make his uh, son Parker love John Cena. Well, I, I did, too. I hated him as a wrestler. I couldn't yeah. get down with the, the, the Doctor of Thugonomics gimmick. Um, yeah. He's a great wrestler. It wasn't that. I just, I, I like, I'm, I'm about shtick. Uh, yeah. And I'm about aesthetics. And he had yeah. neither that I liked, even though he was great. And then I saw he did like a 4th of July patriotism PSA where he's walking down the street. And he's talking about America is this and yes. America is that. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Oh, God, yes. That's one of the greatest pieces of film I've ever seen in my life. It's just oh. genius. It's genius. And if you haven't seen it, look it up. John Cena, PSA, America. Mm. It'll pop up, whatever. But he's okay. just that was the moment I went, oh, I, I like this person. I, I like yeah. the person behind the. It's kind of the the, the whether whether you see a, a like a shock rocker in an interview and you're like, oh, you're Alice Cooper. Like if you don't like Alice Cooper stage show, but then you see this little old frail golf playing man and you're like, oh, well, you're cool. I get that. And that's <laughs> yeah. kind of how I was with well, John Cena. I was like, oh, I don't like your shtick, but you're cool. And then he just started popping up in these great roles like Trainwreck and oh, he's phenomenal in Trainwreck. Oh, and then uh, 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 what's the other one? Blockers. Uh, maybe with uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, where he plays the drug dealer. I got Molly. I got a sister Frank. I got I got stuff to make you dick hard. I got stuff to make you dick soft. I'm, I think I know what you're talking. I haven't seen that movie, but it's I, I haven't either. Sisters. I've only seen the clip of him selling them drugs in a. Ba- I didn't drive all the way out to suburb to sell some mom, soccer moms some dirt weed. <laughs> he is just hilarious, and yeah. so I've, I've fallen in love with him as an actor and a person, even though I could care less about him as a wrestler. But. Yeah. He was hilarious, and and Peacemaker has sealed the deal. If there was ever any doubt, even in Suicide Squad, long before he hit his own show, like even in that alone, I was like, okay, yep, no, I'm I'm on board. Yeah, I got you, I got you. You sold me. I'm in. I'm in. Have any of y'all heard of a book called Crooked Little Vein? Uh, Warren Ellis, right? Yeah, Warren Ellis. The name sounds familiar, but I can't say I know anything about. it. I never read it, but I know of it. I think it's like Wheel of Time, one of those things I hear about, but I could not tell you the first thing past the title. <laughs> I definitely feel like I would love to see that character. Like there are characters in that book that are very reminiscent of that, where they're like buff, they're like overly steroided drug dealers. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would just yeah. love to see him play those characters and be like, all right, we get the sailing. We're going to put it in your balls. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm assuming everybody here has seen Suicide Squad at least, right? Yes. Sort of. Scott's out really high. So, but yes, uh, have you seen it, Boston? I haven't actually got a chance to see it yet, but... It- There's a scene that was in all the trailers, and a lot of the Red Band trailers, where I would eat every dick on this beach for freedom. Yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. I mean, like, that yeah. alone, just to be able to say that with straight face, if this beach was covered with dicks, and somebody told me I had to eat every dick for peace, I would eat every dick on this beach. That just He's so <laughs> straight-faced and so yeah. straight-laced, and it's so, so brilliant. Oh, he is the quintessential straight man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, because he just plays it so deadpan. If you get a chance, check out some of his videos he's done with Wired and other internet sites. 
Is that is Wired the one who where like they read mean tweets or answer the uh, internet's most asked questions? At least at most questions. I know the. I've seen those, and I think I've seen the one with him. He does not break face the entire time. It is impressive, like just from an acting standpoint. I'm like, I, I don't think I could do it. Hasn't he done like more Make a Wishes than anybody else too? Isn't he like got some crazy record for like the most amount of Make a Wishes ever? Yes. At this yeah. Point? Yep. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons. I, I watched one of those kind of wired things where they were having him talk about his best roles that he ever did up to Peacemaker. And he was talking about the WWE. He wanted so badly for them to turn John Cena heel so many times, but the company just couldn't do it. Number one, probably the Make-A-Wish kids to the merchandise. And, and you know, a lot of people complain, oh, the character got stale. That's not really his problem, though. I mean, he, he wanted it, but, you know, he's a company man at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But again, he did it so well. And again, yeah, you consider yeah. that he blew up on, I don't know if you know, but he was on the rank of getting fired. I, I, in that same interview, he talked about it, I think. But he was like, dude, I was about to get fired. And I just started freestyling on a bus. And somebody's like, can you make a character out of that? And boom, now I'm John Cena. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. what a story. Yeah. He said Stephanie McMahon was the one that saw him do the rap and was like, hey, can you do that on the show? Again, oh, I hated it, cool. but I love it for what it is. Yeah. 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 It's the, but like my brother William has, watched her at this point he's probably watched the final episode of peacemaker and he's in love with the show so i think john cena i think a lot of people are turning around on john cena yeah, right it's now. an excellent show again even if you think oh who's this big dumb roided wrestler well give the show a shot if you like again suicide squads guardians of the galaxy james gunn in general i mean it's got his flavor oh, all over it right up my alley. Uh, if, you, if you're upset with that you you didn't watch a drax at all yeah exactly yeah, there's a scene in the sixth episode where he sits down, he's sad, and he just starts playing the piano. And John Cena learned how to play the piano for that scene. And I, I will honestly even say this as far as Peacemaker, like we were talking about, some people haven't seen it. I know, I know, you know, you guys are playing too. But as far as the show goes, it's one of those things where you like, you don't need to know anything. You can just go in and sit down and watch it from the beginning. Everything's in context. But it was one of those things where I was really blown away by just how they had taken something that nobody knew about, a little side character from a movie, and went, hey, we're going to expand this. What I actually do think about, whether you've seen Peacemaker or not, I don't think this gives anything away. I think it does what James Gunn did with Drax, but better. I think it takes mm-hmm. a straight man in a, a, a buff guy, in a, a superhero, uh, and makes him kind of a dullard in a funny way without punching down right in any way. He doesn't make fun of anybody or anything. It's just like, hey, here's a big buff guy who's smart at moments and dumb at moments, but is real straight-laced. I think Peacemaker does it better. I think it's a better version of that same trope, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and that was one of the good things between Cena and Batista, both of them. They've gone all in on these movies now, and they're both big stars, them and The Rock, obviously. The who? The you son of a bitch. He almost had you. Yeah, he almost did. What? So I saw something before we started recording that made me feel really old. I want everybody in this room to brace yourselves because you're going to feel old in a second, I think. Oh, uh, I already do, man. Okay. <laughs> you are old. <laughs> so we're recording this on the 21st, right? Yeah. Five yep. days ago on the 16th was the 20th anniversary of the first time the All Your Base meme was posted on the internet. Oh, my God. Yes. All your base is 20 years old. It's crazy to think that memes in general or anything internet-based is 20 years old. I'm not (laughs) kidding. That's a really good point. What got me more was how I realized just how, like, the word word meme 
kind of came around recently, but the ideas, like I would, I would absolutely say that uh, Monty Python, like anyone who's ever said, you know, we are the knights who say me, like that's a meme. You've memed right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're correlating that to meme in the way that spoken word was before written word. I, I think so. I think that memes, meme talk is a form of language now. I would agree with that. Are you talking about like the retro, like giving it a retroactive meaning? Yeah, like saying you you saying the Monty Python that's a, a spoken version. Of, like we all ran around saying the knights who say knee. So it was an audio, a spoken word version of a meme. In the same way, before stories were written down, they were pet told generation to generation. So it's it's the the grandfather of the meme. The same way the story is the grandfather of the book. Yeah, I can see that. Although. I feel like it's a little, uh, it can still be a little broader than that because meme is just an idea. So theoretically, using tools was a meme. So I was like, you know, hey man, if you use this hammer instead of that rock, you can drive that nail faster. And I don't know about that. Try it out. Yeah, you like that hammer, don't you? I don't picture meme that way because when I think meme, I think like insta story or instant mm-hmm. idea or instant feeling. And like when you say like the knights that say me, to me, that is that. That is that instant. Like, how, I know exactly where he's at. I, would, I definitely would consider like if you remember uh, Bur- the Burma Shave signs. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Wait, what is this now? Do you know the Burma Shave signs, Ryan? Scott? Don't think I do. I don't think I do. There is a there's a product called Burma Shave. I think they're still around. I think it still exists too. I, I'm sure somebody's grandpa still buys it. There's a for a while their advertising campaigns was you'd be driving down the road and you would just see this sign that would start like a limerick of sorts, uh-huh. and then then as you go up a few more miles, you see the next sign pop up that continues the oh. rhyme. Oh, okay, the so kind of like the Rock City thing in a way, in a way. S- similar. Okay, but it's usually there's a little bit more setup to it, and then yeah. the last one is Burma Shave. It's big enough that there's a Tom Waits song, one of his most famous songs, called Burma Shave, based on that, like him telling one of his weird Tom Waits stories. Uh, apparently, they still got him. They still got some of the signs up at Dollywood too. On the way to Dollywood or inside Dollywood? Inside Dollywood. Okay, I've never been to Dollywood. I keep forgetting that fact, and it blows my mind every time you say it. <laughs> that needs to be a thing. Maybe I get John Cena to make a wish. Oh, there you go. Take me to Dollywood. I guess I'm probably the only one old enough to remember it before Dolly was there, right? Silver Dollar City. Silver Dollar City, baby. That's right. Uh, no, sir. I that's the only time I was ever there was Silver Dollar City. I was four years old. Okay, okay. I know of it, but I don't remember it. And I know there's still some that exist in other places. Silver Dollar City is still like the company still who owns it. Dolly's just a face of it. But I know that the, there are other silver. But the one here in East Tennessee before it was Dollywood. Like that's what I grew up with was Silver Dollar City. I loved it. It was terrible. You'll probably remember this, Lance, but I don't know if any of the others will. Does anybody remember Magic World? Hell yeah. Flying mm. carpet. Oh, fuck yeah. That was a badass amusement park. What, what is that now? I think like uh, maybe a taffy shop. I don't think the actual park exists anymore. I think it's because it was behind stuff. So I know okay. when you drive through Pigeon Forge, like there's like a leather shop and a TCBY and a bunch of stuff in the, the thing in front of it. But I don't, because it was up on the hill. I don't think there's anything there now, but... Do you think it's where the island is? Uh, no, it's 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 uh, the island is. I'm trying to think. Um, it is. It would be past the island because it's right 
in that last little strip before you head up the mountain to Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg, right where kind of like the uh, Dunkin' du- or Krispy Kreme and, and that last little strip. It was it was on that. So it's it's past the island. I can tell you right now, if I ever hit the lottery, I'm going to make a remake of the movie The Island, but it's <laughs> set on the island in Pigeon Forge. That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. Can we create a GoFundMe for this, please? As long as we get the original cast back. They all think heaven is in the Paula Dean kitchen restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, the guy, that movie is so sad. Once, what was his name? The guy that played John Coffey. Is that Ewan McGregor? No, John Coffey, not Ewan. No, uh, John Coffey the, from Green Mile. Michael Clark Duncan? Yes, that's right. That's him. When he's getting dragged away and he realizes what they're really about to do with him. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a sad scene. Now imagine that scene in front of a place that you can buy moonshine. <laughs> or set it in Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Oh, is that in there too? It is. Okay, so you got what do you have in there? You have a a, a Ferris wheel. You got Paula Dean. You got Jimmy Buffett. You have the Moonshine Place, and a lot of like little knickknack stores. So it's the typical airbrush shirt bonanza. What is it when people go on vacation? They want airbrush shirts. That's the only time you ever desire an airbrush T-shirt. The only time. I used to work in a mall right beside an airbrush place, and I never understood how it stayed in business because it wasn't a vacation spot. I, maybe that was at that part in the 90s, that cuss, where everybody wanted the airbrush t-shirts with Mickey wearing cool clothes. That's true. That's true. And is a huge segment of people that airbrush memorial shirts. And I think that probably mm-hmm. also keeps it alive. Of course, now you can just print that on your own printer. Yeah. True. I think they actually have a place in the mall here now that does that too, where you go in with like, um, I think it's in one of those kiosks. Yep. Where you just go with a picture and they'll make a shirt for you. Yep. And it was hilarious too, because I was walking by that the other day. The guy has a whole bunch of different like comic book shirts and like clearly like you do not have the rights to put that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then he had something, I don't remember one, but it was like, he had let's go Brandon and pro Biden shirt as well. And I was like, good. You don't stand for anything. I love there you it. Go. <laughs> he says for that dollar bill. That's all he wants. Mm-hmm. The license thing is always weirded to me. Cause I remember back in the day when you would go to dragon con or any of the conventions, you could always walk in there and walk out with like burn copies of movies that you couldn't find anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like so much copyright infringement has to take place at that place, like breaking it. And you're always wondering the cops could raid one of these places and catch all this stuff. But I guess they just don't care. It reminds me, uh, are you familiar with Al Madrigal at all? Does anybody know the comedian Al Madrigal? Yeah. yeah. He used to be on daily show. Oh, okay. Awesome. I never watched the Daily show much. Uh, even though I have friends on there, I've never watched it. Don't say he's doing fine. She is fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. I absolutely love her to death. She has a bit about Mexican party stores and you go in and they have all these, you know, unlicensed character pinatas and, you know, you ask for SpongeBob SquarePants. And like, no, we have something very similar. We have a Sponge Tom SquarePants and all these others and Stacy the Spelunker and he, he goes through all these. And it's every time I see unlicensed characters, I always think of, no, we have something very similar. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like we have, I have a friend, Chris, who does pins, enamel pins on Etsy, right? And they're all like off of copywriting or copyrights. But he always has to come up with some kind of clever name for them. So that way he falls into that murky satire. Mm. Well, you find that in every video game too. Anything that has a creative character where they have something that clearly should be licensed but isn't. You find it a lot in wrestling video games where they'll have something in like, you know, it'll be like, say, an Ultimate Warrior. But because Vince hates the Ultimate Warrior, can't put it in there. They'll have like the the greatest warrior and you're like yeah i'm not dumb man i bought these games every year i'm the, i'm your target audience i know what that's supposed to be but i appreciate it so i always like those in video games where they have something that's 
kind of right, but not quite, but enough that it's what you want for your creative dude. Hashtag City of Heroes. Oh, God, yeah. There was a Shinobi game that had Spider-Man and Batman in it. Oh, yes. Wow. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was the first time Shinobi came on the Genesis. Okay. It was one of the first ones because they had to change everything in the American releases because in Japan, like, just no one gave a shit. Right. And then when they brought it over, they're like, oh, oh, legal issues. Got it. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's Spider-Man is the boss who Joe Musashi encounters in the Revenge of Shinobi, being second of the four boss characters based on well-known cultural icons. So I guess Spider-Man, Batman, I think Godzilla is one of them. Never heard of that at all. I, I do give a huge shout out to Boston for the City of Heroes uh, reference. I fucking <laughs> yes. love that game. It was such a good game. There's still a community out there. All the official servers have shut down, right. but similar to Vanilla WoW, they have made their own servers that you can go wow. join yeah. okay but also well i don't consider him a friend anymore but i won't get into the reasons but a friend that was staying with me when i lived downtown we would play city of heroes just so much that we actually started hashing out ideas sometimes of turning like our characters into a story oh wow oh okay into a red versus blue thing let me ask you if this sounds familiar at all we were thinking about making a story about a government-backed team of superheroes whose specific <laughs> job is to keep other superheroes in line. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like, uh, yeah, that sounds so, like some, something we're all familiar with. Familiar? Yeah. Vaguely. Vaguely. Called the Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we were hashing this thing out. I was loving all the terrible ways we were trying to, like, parody some of the other characters. Our Iron Man clone was a hick from the country. He knew how to do engineering. He just didn't know what it was called. Okay. (laughs) He just turned some tractors into a mech suit, and then they just gave him more money. He's like, oh, I might just clean your tractors. That's hysterical. That is awesome. John Deere Green. Iron Man meets Lawnmower Man. Yes. I loved it. And then we we were, were talking about it, having a great time. You know, plan this out. I was like, yeah, and I, I came up with the character designs and everything. Then my buddy Jeremy hands me this comment called The Boys. Oh, no. Like, God damn it. Oh, that sucks. Dang. Oh, I'm so sorry. How close were your designs? Your idea was on it, but how close were your designs? I think had we actually pursued it, it would have been different enough to not get any sort of copyright strikes. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's ripped off from something. Nothing's original. X-Men is originally Doom Patrol. I mean, like, everything's ripped off from something. The other characters that were in the uh, Revenge of Shinobi game, Spider-Man, Batman, Godzilla, mm-hmm. Rambo, and the Terminator. Wow. <laughs> yes. And I was looking at some pictures of them, and yeah, it's pretty telling who it was. But this game came out in 1989, and it was released and everything. It wasn't like one of those only released in Japan type things, though. This was yeah. released everywhere. Oh, wow. I don't know they were thinking because i'm sure copyright were a thing in the 80s maybe they just thought everybody doing cocaine they could get past it i think they probably ended up having to pull those i think in later versions of yeah. the game they had the they kept them in there but they made them more generic i think crazy man hero was a game that i always liked the idea of but never liked the actual game what you said sekiro or shinobi no, City of Heroes. I was going back to City of Heroes. It's the only MMO I've ever played that I really enjoyed. I, I loved it. I don't know how I fumbled into it. I bought it one day randomly. I'd had some teeth pulled, so I was going to be off work for a while. I was super doped up, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy myself a new video game. And then I made a character and fell asleep at the keyboard for a couple of hours. And <laughs> then 
I finally woke up and got the hang of it, and I loved it. I, I loved. I got the, it was a two pack that had City of Villains with it, and I I loved it. I thought it was absolutely great. I just got hooked, and I've never really like I've been invited to WoW a thousand times, and I've seen a couple a couple other Star Wars MMOs, and but that yeah. one just there was something about it. I loved the way it looked. I loved the way it felt. I love making the characters. I even, they did like a contest, a costume contest where everybody met in the hall and they judged. I won like computer sound board or something. I don't know. I sold it at a pawn shop. It didn't work for my, nice. <laughs> but I'd made this cool character called the licorice whip kid that I was real proud of. And it ended up winning something. So I loved That's it. Awesome. I loved it. Well, it's like for me, I was kind of like Ryan. Like, he sums up great. Like I love the idea behind it. I thought I was going to absolutely fall in love with the game. Uh, but I couldn't get into it either. I don't. I don't know why. Maybe I didn't play it enough. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. But it's one of those I, I I could not get into. I think with a game like that, the people you meet and play with make all the difference. I'm yes. sure you're right. Yeah, it's more like the social thing part. That's why yeah, it's yeah. Massive online games big, right? It's the social sure. aspect of the gaming. Some of the best times I ever had, you know, in EverQuest or Warcraft, where it was all with, all with people I knew or people that I met, you know, playing the game. It was That was the best part. I think even with like a Grand Theft Auto Online, anything, any game yeah. you're playing, even board games, let's be honest, you could play Monopoly with five yeah. people one night and play Monopoly with five different people the next night and have two totally wildly different experiences. So the people you play with, whatever contact you have, even if it's only how well they're shooting you online, you don't have a headset, they don't talk to you, but it, it still <laughs> makes it online. You know what I mean? It still makes the difference um, who you're playing with, how much fun you're having with those people. So I think that makes a, a huge difference. I got lucky. And when I first started playing City Heroes, I, I met up with a couple people. Somebody posted out, you know, hey, looking for this levels. I jumped in. They were like, cool, we'll help you out. No problem. You're a newbie. Gotcha. I got real lucky and I fell in love. And I think that's the same reason a lot of people hate certain games is because they get on and they get some fucking asshat who treats them yeah. like shit yeah. right away. And they're like, all right, I'm out. Fuck this. That's how I stopped playing Dead by Daylight for a long time was I got a very salty lobby who was talking shit when I was done. I was like, I just don't feel I don't enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally fair. I got out a while because my buddy got me to come to the server with him. I got my character leveled up to where we could start raiding together. And then he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to jump up with these people in this other oh. server. I'm like, motherfucker, I just got... Really? So like, he just basically bailed on you? Dirtbag. That's, that's yeah. a dirtbag yeah. move. Yeah, that's kind of lame. I wouldn't play a lot of GTA Online for that reason. I just, I couldn't find friends to play. And I fucking had hated strangers. I just was like, you know what? No, I'm good. I tried. This was kind of fun. I see the potential. Well, especially with how they did the heist and stuff in GTA Online, like you, you almost had to play with buddies. Yeah, I, I tried that like one time. I got screwed instantly. Like the minute I walked out of the mission, I got shot and they took all the money. And I was like, nope. Exactly. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't. I mean, I don't. Under, I think it's because of our ages, but I just don't understand grieving in games. I do get under, I see why that would be fun. If like, again, the four of us all decided, let's go play GTA right now. We went and did a heist together. That'd be a blast. We're on headsets. We're laughing. We're talking. I would do it as soon as this podcast was over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how much fun I think we would have. You jump on there with other people and you're like, this sucks. But even the little, like, I love the mini games, like the races or like uh, the thing yeah. that was like skee-ball with the flying Camaros. <laughs> Yeah, and, and give credit to Rockstar. They really have kind of dropped off from what I heard on Red Dead, but they've been putting a lot into Grand Theft Online. 
And I don't like like Call of Duty style games, but inside of GTA, they're like little mini games where you're just you know fighting a city block or you're parachuting out. They're basically playing yeah. Fortnite in a GTA environment. It's like okay, I like running around in GTA shooting stuff. How about with this yeah. great? Sometimes I've got online, I've been hooked up with a couple fun people, I've enjoyed it. Other nights I've went to do the same game, got hooked up with a couple squeakers, as they say, and a couple screamers, and somebody blasting music, and all the, the bad stereotypes oh, so you get. And it was like, fuck this, I'm, I'm going to play Skyrim again for the nine millionth time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the bad players, the ones that do like the squeaking stuff, like you said, are the ones that just want to get on there and be racist. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. me off of ever really caring about multi online games. Like I know Scott plays a ton of Call of Duty, but I think he does that only when he's with friends. Yeah, it's for the most part. I don't really play a whole lot of multiplayer. I, I really do mostly zombies. So you know, like it's it's hard for me to get into multiplayer. I, I guess a I'm not. I don't play that mode enough to be good at it, and I'm not good enough to want to play it more. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never tried Call of Duty online. I see the fun in it. I, I enjoy play. used to enjoy playing Split Screen Goldeneye, which is the same basic concept, minus right. the couch and popcorn. So I like yeah. the idea, but again, with like GTA, it just burnt me out. Because again, you get somebody whose music's blasting, where you can't hear anything. You get somebody who's, you know, some preteen whose friends are screaming in the background or mom is screaming at them. You get some kid asking if anybody's got a mic. You got some kid calling everybody the N-word. You got yeah. two guys speaking some language that, you know, you don't speak. So it's like, well, I, I don't know. They might be the most fun yeah. people in here, but I don't have a fucking clue. And so you get all these same people and it's like, well, none of these people are anybody I want to hang out with. I, I very rarely run into any other middle-aged owners just hanging out after the kids are in bed. Those are great. I'm hooking up with those people any chance I get. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Now, Boston, you still play a lot of kind of online games, don't you? For the most part, we still play Dead by Daylight primarily. I still have Fallout 76 installed. I just haven't actually loaded it up in a while. It looks like they're finally starting to get some of the pit material in there, so I might start playing it again. Nice. When you're doing Dead by Daylight, do you have to deal with like what we were talking about, like all the griefers and stuff? Yes and no. Luckily, I end up getting paired with people who are on consoles, so they don't have the ability to uh, talk shit after the game. Oh, really? Okay. So it cuts them off immediately. It drops them out as soon as the game's over? They don't have access to the chat. Oh, okay. It's one of the trade-offs for console. There's there's some griefing in the game. Some shit. I'm okay with shit talk. Shit talk's good. Busting balls is part of, I mean, anything. I'm down with that. Like... Boston, you know me. I will bust a ball in a heartbeat. I'm down. I know that I've made the joke recently that if I were to ever make a video game, the one feature I'm going to implement is that if you repeatedly press the crouch button, your character's knee will give out and you'll be exposed for a while. <laughs> I like that. I love I like it. That. Because I hate teabagging. That's the only thing I hate. Yeah, you're not a teabag. As a non-player who doesn't play games where teabagging is a thing, seeing like a highlight reel of teabagging, <laughs> fucking hilarious i've started to not hate it as much there are builds for dead by daylight survivors that are specifically designed to fuck with the killers and just ruin ruin a killer's day like i said i'm all for shit talking shit talking is not a thing smack talking busting balls i'm all for that it's again it's all that other garbage that i just don't want to deal with again yeah, yeah, yeah. busting balls is one thing talking about you know sexuality of this or mo your mother this or you know inward th that that's not busting balls yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, not shit talk. That's... everybody's good to go on the other stuff but i like that that they have basically a, a troll setting in the game if you will <laughs> uh i mean yeah of course there's also there are ways for uh, killers to troll too, but it's, it's it's a little bit harder. But like you said, I also watch those compilation videos too. So whenever I'm like, oh, that's the new thing. A, I'm going to jot that down for when I play Survivor later. And B, 
now I know what everybody, you know, what the quote unquote meta is. So it's like, oh, you're playing that one build that makes it almost impossible to get you to a hook. I'm not going to pick you up. Bye. And just go, <laughs> go kill some, go find some other people. I have yet to play the Dead by Daylight. Lindsay, my wife, played it for a while and really liked it. I do have to say, I love that game concept, like the four on one. Mm. I know, like, what was the, it was Exile? No. Uh, Evolve. Evolve, yeah, that yeah. was the first one of all. Predator Hunting Grounds now. Oh, I wish that wasn't bad. Yeah, it, it had so much potential. It looked so good. Hey, I get to play a, a Godzilla, a kaiju, basically, Godzilla or, you know, whatever, and, mm. and you guys hunt me down. Same thing with, like, the Friday the 13th, the Dead by Daylight, Predator Hunting Grounds. Haven't played any of these myself personally, but I love that idea. No, Scott, you said that you played Evolve? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hyped about it. You know, I could not wait for that game to come out, but... I was so disappointed with it. I loved Friday the 13th where all the really bad bugs started coming out, but Evolve, I hated from the beginning. It was Evolve the same company that did... No, no, they, they're the ones that did Left 4 Dead, right? No, Evolve? I thought Evolve was Valve. Evolve was Valve, that's correct. Yeah. I just like the idea, you know, because you could do that with so much aliens. You know, you got right. four space marines. I know they've tried some versions of that before. Um, you know, any kind of western bounty hunter, the four-on-one, you can do anything with that. It's such a good trope for a game. Evolve was 2K games. 2K, oh, that's right, it's 2K. But it also evolved coming from the same team that developed Left 4 Dead. That's why I thought it was Valve, because it was a Left 4 Dead team. I think Evolve was one of my least favorites in the entire, in the entire genre. And I was so disappointed. Support dropped fast for that game, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they microtransactioned it real bad, too, from what I recall. Oh. Oh, did they? I might have gotten out of it. Or, or something like that. They really, really made getting all of the upgrades and things really difficult. I was yeah. I was working for uh, a big box game retailer at the time, and uh, I re- recall that they did something that made it very difficult for people to like get the DLCs, and everything was real paywall-ish, and there was a huge uproar over that as well. That makes sense, because looking at the year this came out, that was kind of the big point where companies were really pushing for that kind of stuff. I think then the EA thing is what kind of made companies start kind of relenting on it when EA did their debacle with Battlefront. Which was a decent to, to Midland game. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. Mm-hmm. It wasn't awful. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It probably would have done really well if not for management involvement than deciding, hey, let's get greedy with this game. I don't like first-person shooters in general. Like, I don't like first-person games anyway. I'm a third-person guy. Uh, I don't like first-person as a general. I don't like POV, POV porn. Same kind of thing. I just, it's not my thing. <laughs> Oddly enough, for the same reasons, I want to imagine myself being this person. So to do that, I want to see this person. Here's the thing. I don't think I could ever do virtual reality porn because my whole worry when I play normal uh, virtual reality games is somebody's going to come in the room and see me and do something to me. <laughs> so I don't think I could ever get really in the yeah. moment, in the mood. You would be paranoid the whole entire time, man. That somebody's going to come in and just grab hold of my dick. <laughs> <laughs> or my mom stops by for a visit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need that. So first person oh. games don't do it for me as a general rule. And a lot of the shooters lack the story. I, I want some story. So I was happy that Battlefront 2 did add some story elements to it versus just yeah. run, gun, die, repeat, run, yeah. gun, die, repeat. Oh, the single player had a great story. Didn't yeah. it? Wasn't that the story where you play as the Empire right as the Death Star gets exploded? You go back and forth. Yeah, you go back and forth from playing the Empire. And it actually leads up to become not necessarily a prequel, but like it ties into The Force Awakens. If you like, for example, in The Force Awakens, you see, I'm sure everybody here has seen at this point, and if not, you've had your chance. Spoilers are out the effing window. <laughs> so, uh, in Force Awakens, there's a shot of Ray sitting there with like a giant Star Destroyer crashed in the background. 
Yeah. That Star Destroyer is crashed in Star Wars Battlefront 2. That's in the story. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I have yet to play a single second in, Star- in that game. And that's because I, of all the shit they were doing with the uh, cash grab, I like boycotted it. As much, as much of a Star Wars fan I am, I refuse to, to buy the game. I get it. I think somebody, because it was a huge downvoted thing on Reddit when it happened. Yeah. Where somebody said it would take like 500 hours of in-game yeah. play to unlock Darth Vader. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And again, I, I got like a free copy because again, I was working at a, a big box retailer. So it was like, all right, great. No right. And I loved the first one. I bought it and it was actually the first thing I played on VR. I, I was gifted a uh, Sony PSVR and nice. that... Um, Star Wars Battlefront 1 has a single VR mission. Basically just trying to, like a demo disc, hey, this is what VR is capable of. Uh, It is phenomenal. It is worth it. If you own the PlayStation VR, it is worth tracking down Battlefront 1 because you can get it again for about five bucks at this point. Get it for that single mission. It's about a 20-minute mission, nothing crazy, but it's the best single use of VR I have ever had. I was blown away by it. It's great. It's yeah. uh, For anybody who hasn't played it, it takes place in the Rogue One. Yeah, because you're escorting K2SO and Jaren Erso after Mission of Rogue One or to the Mission of Rogue uh-huh. One. But it is phenomenal. Dude, you turn around and you're face-to-face with your R2 unit. Yeah. There's the orange jumpsuit. Look out the window and hit the button. The attacks foils um, come into uh, uh, attack position. It's amazing. I bought that stupid Squadrons game hoping for the same thing, and it was not at all. Mm. I heard the Vader game is really good for VR. Like, they made a Darth Vader VR game. I think it was, like, two episodes. What I have not played yet. I haven't either. I've seen a clip of it. But, again, we only have the PlayStation VR, so if it's not available for that, some of that stuff. I think it is. Is it? I was thinking it may be an Oculus only. Or uh, whatever, the ones that work for PCs. I know Oculus is one. Yeah, Oculus is interesting because you can do a majority of Oculus without a PC yeah. But then if you were planning to ever play anything like the Half-Life game for it, you'd have to have a PC link to do it. Well, that's interesting. I yeah. got into the VR because, like I said, I, I had the, the PlayStation 4, and a friend of mine basically was like, hey, I, I got a uh, second PlayStation VR. I'm actually selling the one I had already. Here, you can have this for Christmas. <laughs> huh. It's just one of those absolute blessings. He was like, hey, I got got this given to me i'm already selling the one i've got so i know you would love this and and i know that your situation you know your family whatnot you can't afford this here you go and i was like awesome 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 thank you and love it and and i got a bunch of software with it and it was great so i was testing things out star wars battlefront was one of them Um, but i would have probably never went out and bought it myself so i got lucky given one because i would but i do recommend now I guess the Oculus 2 changes it, but for a long time it was like, hey, if you want to get into VR, PlayStation VR is the way to go. You've probably already got a PlayStation. Now all you need is the headset and the camera and you're good to go. So Yeah, and it was probably the most affordable way to go because it was yeah. a decent quality. It wasn't the best. It was decent. It was it was actually a really good headset. Uh, I think and so. you didn't have to have like a thousand dollar, two thousand dollar PC to get it to run, you know. So it was a that yeah. was cheaper ways to get into it. It'll be kind of interesting because I know you know, they've, they've officially announced they're going to do the PlayStation VR 2. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to launch this year, but of course the bots will get every version of it. <laughs> but I'm kind of curious to see. I know it's all going to be like wireless, which I think will be kind of cool, which I think yeah. is one of the cool parts about Oculus. But I'm kind of seeing like what the next technological advance will be like in VR gaming. No one Sony will be in the same box. It'll be in the same exact headset. Cause you know, you can look at their controllers. It's like, Nope, do it again. Nope. Do it again. Nope. Do it <laughs> yeah. again. Like every time they're like, you changing it. Nope. Well, Xbox, I don't care. 
put it, put, you know, yeah. put a two on it, put a three on it, put, all right, we got to change it again, stretch it a little, put a four on it. And so I guarantee it'll look the exact same with just with no wires, but that's fine. Again, like you said, it was a great quality headset. Yeah. yeah. So PlayStation VR led to me destroying one of my phones. Once. Nice. Oh, what happened? I was playing, I think it's a phenomenal game, Astrobot Rescue Missions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a good game, but I got to that final boss, and it's a very long boss. And if you die, I think you got four hits. If you die, you got to start the whole process over. It doesn't have like checkpoints. I got so mad at that game because I could, I just did not have the ability to beat it. I got so mad. I turned it off. I was in such a foul mood. I was like, okay, I'm going to go see a movie. I'm going to go get out of the house, get out of my mind. So I took an Uber over to the AMC to watch the International Men in Black movie. And I was sitting there on my phone before the movie started and i had a cricket at that time and does anybody use cricket oh i know i do i know of them but so i couldn't get a good signal and i was still very angry over the astrobot thing so i took my phone and smashed it on that table <laughs> oh shit and i knew immediately i was in trouble because it went completely off and would not come back on and then i started remembering hey ryan you need your phone to call an uber Oh, no. So here I am stuck at the AMC, the one over there near Best Buy. And it's also the middle of the summer. So I started panicking and I go, I'll go into the movie because I bought my ticket. Maybe that'll calm me down. And when I'm done with it, I can figure out what I need to do. And maybe my phone will come back on. And I got 20 minutes into that movie. And I don't know if it was everything that happened at this point, but I really hated that movie. (laughs) So Which movie was it uh, Men in Black International. That's right. So I finally said, you know what? I got to take care of this. So I ended up walking over to the Best Buy. And of course, you know, I'm not a slim guy. And this is the middle of the summer. So I finally get into the Best Buy. I'm sweaty all over. There's sweat stains on my shirt. I'm, I'm in the middle of a panic attack. And I'm just like, I need a phone. So I ended up having to get on a T-Mobile or Sprint at the time and paying $300 for a phone that day. Damn. Damn. Ouch. Yeah, that was fun. The worst thing PlayStation ever made me do was punch my wife in the mouth. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a mistake. You were playing a VR game. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. But after all that happened, I couldn't do my PlayStation VR anymore. I don't know why. Because obviously it's all my fault. You You had trauma, man. Everything that happened there was my fault. Right, right. But I took it out on my PlayStation VR. Like Lance took it out on his wife. Dude. I took it out on my <laughs> I, uh, I love, I don't know if you've played Dino Frontier. No. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. It is my favorite VR game. Like I said, I love the little bit in Star Wars Battlefront. But Dino Frontier is great. If you get a chance, pick it up. It's phenomenal. Because it's a, see if I can describe this right. So it's, a, it's just a time waster, a simulator, if you will. But it has an odd mix of Western and dinosaurs. I, don't, I can't explain that one. And I okay, kind of like thought. cowboys and aliens? Yes, yes, yes. It's I mean, like dinosaurs and Cadillacs. Yeah, so okay. when you put on the headset, imagine you're looking at like a playset on a table, like where you would play with action figures. You've got a backdrop of mountains. And it seems to be, at first, you can obviously zoom in, but probably what would be like four foot by three foot across, uh, you know, a kitchen table. And so you have the hands because you have the, the 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 VR controller, so you have your hands, and, and you can see your hands, and you have this watch where you build stuff like you would in any SimCity or anything, any kind of simulator, railroad tycoon. You're going to build this particular structure or whatnot, and you have this Sam Elliott narrator who calls you Big Mayor. Hey, Big Mayor, 
your folks need a salute. Number one, that's a great nickname. It's it's fa- <laughs> it's fantastic. I love being big mayor. So he's like, yeah. hey, hey, big mayor, you've got people that need healing. Build a hospital. So he kind of coaches you along. And so you build people and you can bump them up stats. And then those people can go wrangle dinosaurs for you. And then they can bring them back and ride the dinosaurs and fight bandits from what? dinosaur back. Like, it's crazy. Nice. It is absolutely the wildest just and time killer but you can zoom in and like you look off and people be riding off in the distance because you have to again get dinosaurs that will go chop down trees and then they'll haul the trees back because the trees make your fires burn and whatnot so it's again one of those uh resource collector and you'll look up and there'll be people like way off in the distance and you'll have to reach to go get them and again i've punched her right in the face so many times trying to reach for some settler who's running off into the mountain or some or i've got to pick up a settler on a dinosaur and take him over <laughs> to fight bandits again you'll just you'll forget you're on the couch and you'll go oh he's way over there oh hang on and you're gonna reach and just pow and she's like what did i do and i go yeah. nothing i just i didn't want that brontosaurus did you at least away. get an achievement honey um, um but it's great especially like i said as you're going he's like, hey big mayor you got huh. wrestlers you need to take care of it's it's great so dino frontier if you have a playstation vr i don't know if it's available for other platforms but if you have the psvr dude dino frontier yeah. is amazing okay that sounds awesome you sold me buddy yeah, I wonder if G has it. It's so dumb, it's I brilliant. Know. I can tell you, I've played a lot of his games, and I've never played that one. I think G is the one where, where it was G that made me try, to me, the worst VR game of all time, Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Oh, that seems oh so fun in VR. I guess fun is a way you could describe it, yeah. but I'm a little wimp, and I was terrified the entire time. I am huge into horror. You know, it, it takes a lot to freak me out you know i guess i'm jaded i don't know but like resident evil 7 is the game in vr like it's the freakiest shit i've ever played <laughs> well i mean ron you, you talk about being a wimp like now you may or may not know my penchant for jump scares but um i know boston has heard the story more times than he cares to but um <laughs> i have been so scared that i have peed on another human being oh wow oh oh i need to hear the um, I, yeah I you want to talk about being a wimp. Think about being scared enough to pee someone else's pants. <laughs> you need to come ghost. Uh, I'm, I'm settled. You got to come ghost hunting with me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm super, super prone to jump scares at work. Oh my God. Like I'll have my headphones on, on site. Somebody will roll back and speak to me and I yeah. will squeal to the, the whole site will hear it. And people now know oh, it's just Lance. But again, the ultimate I have a, a bit about, and this is a 100% true story, obviously exaggerated on stage a little, but 100% true right, story. Yeah. I went to go see the movie Scream, the first one, which okay. again, like I said, is funny now, but filled with jump scares. If you really stop sure. and think about it, Ghostface pops his all the time. And yeah. he has a weird walk that bothers me, kind of hunched over, okay. and in little bitty passages, like the old lady from Exorcist 3, where she like moves. And skitters, skittering. Yeah, I hate that yeah. movement. Oh, yeah, skittering, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I go to see Scream. And I also want to state, I'm not a child. I don't even really do drugs at this point. So those are the okay. only two things that really excuse peeing on other people, right? I'm not a child. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a junkie. wasn't in private. It was in public. So anyway, go okay. see the movie. It's like the 9 o'clock show. And so about halfway through, I have to go pee. I go out to the the lobby and there's concession stands closed because it's the late movie. There's nothing letting out at that moment. So it's just an empty hallway. Half the lights are off. There's one security guard pacing back and forth. And I've seen enough horror movies to know one of us is about to die. 
right? A hundred percent. And yes. I know what's going to happen. I can picture it in my head. Some assistant manager, tweeny bopper upstairs is going to be counting money with headphones on. And behind him, some security camera version of clerks of us getting murdered. He's going to play mm-hmm. in the background while he obliviously bops along. Yeah. And so my terrified preschooler ass runs to the bathroom. I just run to the bathroom. And I'm standing at the urinal peeing, you know, as one does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. someone comes in and the door makes this squeaky noise. And without thinking... I just spin around, still peeing, <laughs> and just scream, like squeal. And again, uh-huh. it all happens in a flash. But yeah. on stage, obviously, I draw it out. But I spin oh, around, and I'm just I, I peeing on this guy's shoes. <laughs> and and I just stand oh, there. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's just a moment of like, what do you do? Yeah. What, what do you say to this person? Oh, God. And yeah. I don't know what the correct answer is, but the answer I chose was run. You ran, okay. I, I went dick in hand, just oh, run down okay. the hallway. Did you go back to the movie or did you yeah, the yeah. My plan was oh, to pull God. a Boba Fett, a Han Solo Boba Fett, and just oh, blend God. in and drift off later with the rest of the trash. Right? <laughs> and, and never have to see this human being again. Oh, and it worked. God. I never made eye contact with this human as long as I lived. And for a long yeah. time, this was just my go-to party story because it was real funny. Oh, and yeah. I'm the asshole of the story, so I can yeah, tell yeah, it with yeah. pride. Like, I'm clearly yeah. the villain here. I want to hear his version of it, too, right? Like, dude. <laughs> Walked in and this crazy bearded guy peed on me. I was just there taking the kids to go see Operation Dumbo Drop and sneak uh, off to the bathroom, do a little blow, right? Uh, and this big Lebowski-looking motherfucker just uh, squeals, pees on me, and runs away. Uh, Must have been tripping balls, right? So, like, did you run out the same door? Like, did you have to run past him? I did. I did. I, I had to make a dexterity check to get past him. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> Tell me, all right, here's what I have to know. You may not know this, but do you recall his reaction? No, but I do recall for a split second seeing the most bewildered look (laughs) a human face can possibly make. It could have been worse. It could have been like his kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have R. Kelly'd like his whole family. I get that that as a potential. I got really. How old old were you at the time? 21. Scream. I I guess what year did Scream 1 come out? Uh, Oh, you're a kid. That would have been 96. I would have been 920. This story is phenomenal. I think it's hilarious. And again, I'm the I'm the asshole <laughs> of the story. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My question is for Ryan. A question for you since you you book everybody. How did we wait this long to get Lance on? <laughs> that's a great question. Probably are waiting for the statute of limitations to run out on that. <laughs> oh, that story, like I said, 96. So we're talking. I mean, it's good. Yeah, we're good. It, it's we're good. good. There was no R. Kelly precedence back then. Again, yeah. it was like the 1030 hour. So probably an adult. Man, that poor guy. I... I don't bet he. I bet he did not go back to his movie. I can't see how you set back you down. You go back then. to the movie, right? He's probably like, man, I had to burn those pants, and I can't watch Ray Liotta movies the same way anymore. It's crazy. Yeah. Joe, what's that, Scott? I don't even know what I said. I'm so caught up in the story. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. Scott is is no longer a host. He is now an no. audience member. Yep, I am just here for the ride. I'm I feel out. I feel your fear on on games like Resident Evil Seven. Uh, Resident Evil yeah. Seven. The um the PSVR comes with a demo disc. I don't know if anybody's oh. played that. And there, there's a thing called emphasis on the PSR. Yeah, there's called thing called PlayStation or Virtual Reality Worlds. I think or PS Worlds yeah. or whatever. 
and it's basically just that it's an extended demo disc, but it comes with a shark tank. Um, mm-hmm. um, and the, 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 the demo version you get is just nothing. It's totally passive. There's no nothing. You're just looking at fish, but in the full version on the PlayStation worlds or whatever it's called, I can't think virtual worlds, but you get a second mission where you get attacked by a great white shark. Oh. And I wish you could have seen my family watching me play this. <laughs> I'm sitting in the floor, got my headphones on, so can't hear anything. And all you're really doing is looking around and you're getting like, you're being lowered down and it'll shake. And they're, uh, we're getting some, uh, seismic reactions up here from the boat. Be careful. And so you're going down and we're picking up some movement down there. And just out of the corner of your eye, you can see like it's swishing and you get lost in the VR. So like it comes at you and jumps again. And I squeal and scream. The whole house can hear me again. I've, I've already explained to you my level of squealiness. So you can yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. me and I'm screaming. And then there's a point where it's, it's coming up at you and your cage falls open. And I'm sitting in the floor like a child would with his back up to the couch. And I'm screaming and kicking at this thing. And finally they reel you up just in the nick of time. And I pull the mm-hmm. headset off and I look. And both my kids, my mom and my dad, my niece at the time, all lived here. And my wife all have come from all areas of the house and are just standing there rolling in laughter. That's amazing. Rolling, watching me <laughs> kick this. Because there are points where the shark like turns behind you and you can't see it through the VR, but it's still showing on the TV. Yes. So they're yeah. a step ahead knowing what's coming. They're dying laughing, dying <laughs> laughing. No, what I want to do here because I don't want to I don't want to forget to do this because we have a tendency on here whatever we have planned bits that they don't happen because we get so into yeah. the conversation. I do have one correction to make about the VR headset. Okay. So the uh, new one is not completely wireless. There is one. There's just one single cable connection, which is not bad. No, that's not bad. Better than the one that's there now. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Oh my god. Yeah. It's like what fifty thousand different connections you have to do. It's insane. Yeah. It's like they. It comes with like instructions and it goes all your time yeah i can handle one cable one cable is fine yeah okay but what we're gonna do here is lance used to do a podcast and i wish he would bring it back because it was really excellent well if it's anywhere as entertaining as his story i would listen to every episode yeah and i think i was on the podcast boston were you ever on the podcast we never could get together we scheduled and then it all ended before we had the chance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i wasn't on the podcast either lance i don't know why Well, I mean, you know, it could have been the fact we didn't know each other at the time. I guess. Yeah. Fine. I guess That's we'll be excuse. But what we're going to do is I'm going to let you set it up, Lance, and we're just going to go down the row. We'll all answer the questions in order. And Great. you as well. So, yep. again, I, I love countdowns, top fives, whatever, right? If you count it down and talk about it, I'm going to watch it. So I love that. So I always wanted, when I did a podcast, I had this great vision of like the inside the actor studio, you know, he has his questions like, what sound do you like? What sound do you hate? And I wanted some version of that. So I came up with what I called the five to drive. And it was the five questions I asked every guest to drive that interview home. And I, I, I love the idea of it because it, it allowed us to get to know each other. And, and like I, I said off air earlier, there's a quote in the John Cusack movie, High Fidelity, where he talks about it's what you like, not what you are like. And so I think those things bring us together more than anything else. So I, I love that. So we'll, we'll play along. So the first thing I always did was a pre-planned top five countdown. I love those. And so I thought, you know, you asked me to do this and I didn't know what to do. But I figure, again, we, we are all comic book lovers, correct? Scott's not. Yeah, that's going to be the one thing I may not be helpful with because I grew up playing games instead of uh, reading comics. Okay. Scott seems nervous to tell you this. 
Yes. I feel like we're like best friends now after the Star Wars talk and that, you know, story you just said. I love that. I love that. Well, then we'll do this. We all like video games, correct? There we yes. go. All right. Then there's a winner. So I always like to start off that. And, and I usually never did like just easy stuff like top five greatest bands or whatever. Those are easy. It's, it's more fun to dig down. And I saved those for certain people. So okay. since this is a big one and, and you guys are kind of put on the spot, we'll make it easy. What are your top five favorite all time video games? Mm. Okay. Give you a minute. Think about it. Mm. If you need to pause the recording to think about it, we can. But take a minute. Top five all-time favorite video games. Can I cheat? As far as? Like you series. Hell yeah, because my favorite movie is Star Wars, and I count them all as one. So yes, I'm with you. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And this is how impressive we are, guys. We literally took like three seconds here to come up with our top five video games. There yes. was no pausing for minutes on end. We just basically said, you know what? This is the top five. And that's the reason we have a great podcast. <laughs> well said. So this will be the question, right? So we'll do, do we all do our f- number five first and our four, then our three? You know what? Two? I'll give my list again since I, I initiate this. I always like if okay. you're gonna if you're gonna ask for something from somebody. Are we doing it in start. order though, or just start just doing the? Nah, I mean, again, whatever you want. I never yeah, ask. Yeah, let's do our five. Like we'll go down our list to five. Like we'll start with Lance and then go. Yeah. I guess my fifth one again that I put on the list that came to me for a minute. I love the Far Cry series. Huge fan. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. Starting with three, so Far Cry is a big one for me. That's probably one of my newer entries, but I absolutely love it. Have you played the six? one yet i have and i like it so far but not as well as three or five okay i still haven't played it i want to play it but i'm just not sure if i'm done with open world games for now because of the time commitment it's got some great things in it but it's got a lot of things that i'm not crazy about it changed it's got a it feels a little more just cause which i love but it just changes some things to me that are fundamentally far cry that i'm not crazy about but it does have other good things going with it so okay I got you. Like the pupper. I do like chorizo. I, the problem with chorizo, the pupper, the big problem is one, his wheel squeaks everywhere he goes. So he gets <laughs> real old, real quick, everywhere you go, going here. Real quick. And he really doesn't do a lot. But he's amazing looking. I didn't expect him to do much in the first place. I just He's <laughs> just fairly useless. Boom Boom or Boomer as he was in Far Cry 5 is still the best of the companions what if i have six on my list so i take one off i guess you are trying to like be special and try to show (laughs) off to everybody like oh look at me i'm scott look at me i'm special i guess we can assume that one of them wasn't a counting based game (laughs) (laughs) he basically just peed on your shoe scott i know (laughs) i'm trying to make up for missing that episode when i had covid that's what it is okay all right do you want to do your fourth then lance is that how we want to do this Oh, it doesn't matter if we're doing one at a time or again, I will happy let's to read do, my yeah, whole list. Yeah, let's do you uh, and then we'll go to the next So for one. me, again, I had the Far Cry series, which I absolutely love. A three is my favorite, but a five is excellent as well. So then I put Skyrim. I, lo- I love it. Again, a late comer to Skyrim, but I loved it. I'm a big D&D gamer. And for me, it was like the greatest game of D&D I ever played, you know, and I can play it by myself any time of day. So I love that. So big Skyrim fan, amount of amazing hours into that. And then I always struggle for one, but I put, there's a series called Legends of Wrestling, came out around the PS2. Okay. Yeah. So fun. Now, was that based on a brand? Like, no, WCW? it was, no, that was great. It was an unbranded. So it had, like, it had to everybody. If you wanted to stay, it had Sting, Hogan, um, Andy Kaufman, 
So, you know, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. It was just really kind of random and you could do your own thing and make your own people. And you went through the territory. So it had this old school territory thing. Like you would fight in one territory and then you would be the champ there. And then you, you would work your way up to the world where you would fight Andre the Giant. It was just really throwback to my childhood wrestling. So I love that. My, my second one, which is really probably my number one choice if I had to put in there, Hogs of War. Probably never heard of it. It's an obscure little turn-based PlayStation 1 game where you play pigs based in World War II. And it's turn-based like a video game. That's beautiful. It, it is. It is, it is beautiful. You, it, Rick Mayel from The Young Ones and Drop Dead Fred was the narrator. Really? Yeah. You had a little shot clock. Your pigs all stood still. So like if the four of us were playing, it would be, it's my turn. All three of your all's pigs are all standing on the board. I have a shot clock to basically pull off a move, run up, shoot, whatever. Each weapon does a different thing. And the last pig standing wins. And each pig had a different country. Like Tommy's trotters were British. You had Uncle Sam's snouts or, you know, and they had all these crazy, yeah, like the sauerkrauts were the Germans. And so they had all these crazy puns. And then, like, right before you would go, or right before the shot clock would run out, Rick Mayo would yell at you, like, hurry up, you, what are you doing? So we had this great <laughs> element of that. And then, right before you would go, and, like, you make your move and push it, the, the, the little animated pig would always say something. Like, each of the pigs had something different. Like, the Russian pig had a drunk pig who was like, I should not be doing this, and fire the weapon. Uh-huh. Uh, and and it, it was great amazing absolutely loved it i cannot recommend it enough and it's just obscure little piece of shit that nobody's ever heard of and then number one the first one for me that comes to mind is contra okay i loved contra as a kid the amount of hours on the original nes that i played of that and again it's just it's become a part of with the the code and and it was just because i loved stallone and schwarzenegger movies and this was a combo of both I loved it. So that that's my list. So Contra, Hogs of War, Legends of Wrestling 2 specifically, Skyrim, and Far Cry. That is my top five all-time favorite video games. Do you want to hear a fun fact? I, I just noticed this because PlayStation did something on it yesterday. Uh, yesterday, February 20th, was the 35th anniversary of Contra 1. Oh, wow. Oh, so good. Yeah, so it good. came out February 20th, 1987. I hope that map is right 35 years because I was like quickly trying to calculate it in my head. I think pound for pound, the greatest NES game of the original console. Okay. Yeah, it's a strong game. I, I loved it. That's a good list. Boston Scott, do you have your list ready or should I go? I have mine ready. Let's go get Scott. Oh, Scott. Okay. So I guess let's see. I guess uh, number five be The Last of Us 1 and 2. I'm going to combine them into one. Oh. Phenomenal. Oh, fuck me. I had a game I should have put on my list. It never fails. You There's should have done like something. Scott had done six. It, it never fails. And when somebody reads their list, you always think of something. But yeah. those are phenomenal. Oh, dude, I, I was the same way. When you Skyrim, I, I, I didn't have that on my list. But the whole the whole Elder Scrolls series, I think, would be, would be on my list too. I, I think Uncharted could knock Far Cry off if I rewrote this list. Yeah, The Last of Us. Like... I heard they're going to do a remake of Last of Us 1 for the PlayStation 5. I will play through it again. Can't wait for the yeah. show. Oh, I would I would yeah. too. I'm bummed the show they said is going into 2023 now. Oh, damn, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they had a interview with uh, Pascal, like I think last week, and he mentioned it was more... No, it wasn't him. It was um, HBO at their upfronts. They announced that it was more than likely going to be 2023 for The Last of Us. It'll probably be worth it. The story's so good. Yeah, compelling. So good. It's a great, great choice right out of the gate, Scott. Phenomenal. Yeah, I'm proud of you, Scott. Well, thank you, man. Uh, I just, I'm just so like, 
what they had done with that series, it's the closest thing I can think of like a gaming masterpiece to me. One and yep. two. What's uh, four? Four probably is going to be the original Tomb Raider. Okay. I just, I was so young growing up playing the Tomb Raider series that I fell in love with it. And it just always held a special like place in my heart. Tomb Raider is probably number four. Did you play the new trilogy that Edos did? Yeah, I did. And I, 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 I thought they did a really good job. I, I played every one of them. Yeah. Did you develop a fetish for square breasts? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> number three is the uh, the very first Sonic the Hedgehog game. Okay. I I remember playing that as a kid. I was blown. I just, there was nothing else like it. That single-handedly made me not hooked on gaming as I already was, but it, but it made my level of appreciating gaming even more. You're talking on Genesis, right? Yes, on the Genesis, yes. That's my all-time favorite system. Again, yeah. in the wrestling terminology of pound for pound, I think the greatest system of all time. Like, that's the one that really did it for me. Genesis does what Nintendo fucking don't. <laughs> was that was that how it went? Yes. <laughs> Something like that. Um <laughs> That blast processing, right? You can't you can't deny the power of the blast processing. Yes, that's true. Right. It, it was just so much better. The controller was bigger and more ergonomic. The games were better. It just to me crushed the the, the Nintendo uh, options at the time. See, unfortunately, yeah. I was one of those shitty kids at the time who you had to be one of the two. You couldn't like both of them. So I was a Nintendo fanboy and turned my nose up to Sonic for so long, even though I had to admit he was super cool. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Sonic buries Mario. I disagree with that. It was just like nothing like playing Sonic for the first time. Like how fast yeah. it was, you know. It was just it just blew my mind. Now, in the long run, Mario's clearly the king. But at that oh, time, sure. at yeah, that yeah, time, yeah. that sure. Sonic crushes yeah. that Mario. One of those franchises I wish could get back to being good. Right. Because the last, like, what, 10 Sonic games have been embarrassing. I think the last, what the the one they did that was not actually made by Sonic, but was a tribute to, like, the original, yeah. what's it called? Sonic Mania? Yeah, that's actually not bad. I've got that. That's that not bad, really but the ones by the Sega Sonic team have been utter shit. Do we all agree with that? Uh, totally. Sure, totally. yes, yes. Uh, and I think anything <laughs> with the word Sonic and Olympics in it could probably be missed. Well, this year, they're going to bring a new Sonic game out that's supposed to be kind of like the Sonic version of Breath of the Wild. Hmm. I'm intrigued to see it. Okay. Yeah. But it's my Sonic I'll, team, so I don't know. I'll, I'll, let's just say I'll believe it when I see it. If it's okay, gonna be uh, I like that. Did you yeah. come up with that phrase? <laughs> <laughs> What's your number two? Yeah, uh, Number two is EverQuest. Oh, okay. Uh, That's online uh, D&D? Yes. Like, I cannot tell you the amount of hours I spent playing this game and how much, you know, friends I've made playing it and played with real-life friends, too. It was just, it just took, I spent so much of my time playing it. I have to have this on my list. Would you say the series or just the first one? The first one. There's really only EverQuest 1 and EverQuest 2. It's an MMO, right? Yeah, it's it's an MMO, right. Is it still around or did it go the way of City of Heroes? It is still around, actually. So the regular servers are still up. You can even play, you know, like legacy servers, you know, where you you just cap out at 60. Uh, So it's it's actually still around. And there are actually still people paying money to play it. That's cool. That's cool. I love D&D, so I think the yeah. uh, the world, the concept, the idea is awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my number one, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it, it was on, I think it was originally Sega CD, but I got it when it redid it on PlayStation 1. It was Lunar, the Silver Star Story Complete. Oh, it's a good RPG. Yes, it's my hmm. favorite RPG game of all time. It plays really similar to like a fi- old school Final Fantasy, things like that, but there was so, 
something so unique about it. You get so attached to the characters, and it's it's just you know just always had a special place in my heart. So that that's my that's my number one. Scott, I hope you don't. I hope you don't hate me, but I guarantee you, I hate that game. And that basically, is, as you described it, you were describing Final Fantasy in my head, and then the score it said yeah. it was like Final Fantasy, and I fucking hate Final. Well, Fantasy. Well, I mean, like where it's turn based, where the battle, the battle. Is but Scott, stand stand strong with your opinion. You love it, and that's okay. Oh, I'm I, I'm, I want you to stand with it, but we've just we've bonded so close. I don't <laughs> want you to hate me because okay. I probably oh, hate that, that game. It's a game that's been lost to time. Yes, it has. Because, yeah, it is such a good game. I do love the diversity of your list. I mean, if you don't like how Final Fantasy plays and how the battle system is, you won't you, you won't like it. But uh, as far as the game, though, it's it's phenomenal. And just so we know, because I know Barry at home is wanting to know this, what was number six? God of War. Okay. The last one. Oh, such a good game. I good love that game so much. The guy who works for Bloomberg said that there's a game, I can't remember what the game is, but he doesn't think it's going to make it this year. But from what he is hearing, God of War should make this year and not be one of the Oh games my God. I hope. Boston, do you want to go next or should I? Uh, I can go on. I can go ahead. Okay. So we're going to go from, so definitely a game that was very influential in my just existence, Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. New Vegas specifically out of the series just because it was a return to form and, well, a return to a form that I never actually experienced. I never played one or two. <laughs> now, who made Vegas? So Vegas was made by Obsidian Entertainment, okay. who has gone on to do some other amazing things. Hashtag Outer Worlds. I'm mm-hmm. play that still. The Pillar series and other really deep involved RPGs. Obsidian, was that what you said? Obsidian. Yeah. Now, Obsidian was made of people who were part of Raven Rock Entertainment who made the original Fallout 1 and 2. Okay. Which are like top-down, almost real-time strategies, right? Just about, yeah. They were tactics-based, they were top-down, and they did what I love, where you take the graphics away from a game and then it allows you to have gajillion hours of content. Mm-hmm. Because you can... Yeah, because you can just do whatever you want. In Fallout 2, you can totally just like give up on the main quest and go be a porn star for a while. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's just wow. something you can do in Fallout 2. Is it, it's not, wait, but it doesn't have graphics? Is you, it doesn't have graphics or it's just all top-down? It's like top-down isometric. Okay. So it's very limited graphics. They put a porn storyline in this or, you, or is it a joke? Mm-hmm. No, it's totally legit because you go to a place called New Reno. Yeah. That is just as dirty as that sounds, to say out loud. Wow, okay. This is nice. fascinating. I wonder if they would do anything like that in the game today. GTA? Well, GTA got freaked out over the hot coffee thing. So yeah. Yeah. This is weird to say out loud, but <laughs> I've been keeping my eye on a lot of adults-only games on Steam recently. Keeping your um, eye out? Like you're downloading them or just looking at them and going, okay. Well, it was something I think was uh, James Stephanie Sterling was talking about how I wish we could get that stigma of porn erased so that we could actually have games that were good and had sex. Because you get like one or the other, right? Right. So you want like a Rage Dude Diaries, the game. Yeah, that would be that could be kind of fun, like an actual and actually one I found recently. uh, This is not part of this is my number six. Um, <laughs> 69 uh, it's like orc masseuse or orc massage parlor what and it's all about you play a, a big burly orc who has just gotten his massage license and you give monster girls rub downs until they get horny and then 
you you have sex and <laughs> it's actually really well made like it's the the graphics are that of an actual like not quite triple a but still like you know a good video game like it's actual graphics not just the because like, if you see a lot of them online on itch.io or steam they're like yeah. static 3d images that are like way into uncanny valley or right. like over the top designs or just like static hentai yeah and the fact that they were able to make like the animation so smooth the voice acting was on point i'm like this is a labor of love to make love i'm i'm, I'm writing that down right now that's you a- do, uh, <laughs> your recommendation side is going hot there's always going to be a, a sector of that because you even think about what the porn industry did for VHS. Like, you know, again, mm-hmm. the, it was amazing how they were like, oh, well, we have this new technology. Why don't we give it to everyone? Because it, it really birthed VHS. Well, you mentioned something there about these being good games. I come from, again, an early generation. I grew up uh, with the Atari 2600. That's my right. first console. That's what I remember <laughs> first. Had an, a Commodore 64, which, mm-hmm. again, is a, a rock of a computer. But the earliest mega groundbreaking games I remember or Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, yeah. yeah. And as a, uh, as a young 19-year-old, I played a lot of Leisure Suit Larry in the middle of the night with my coat over the PC <laughs> so, the light can't, yeah. so the light wouldn't shine into my parents' room. But like in early, again, Commodore 64 days, those games had some of the best graphics. They had some of the most in-depth story. They had the best like marketing, packaging, and everything. So the greatest groundbreaking steps in the game uh, industry that I remember computer-wise were adult games. Mm-hmm. I still think, this, this is a personal beef of mine, I still think we need to get rid of adult entertainment. Not Just porn. Entertainment. Okay. Not porn, but the term adult entertainment. I think the term adult entertainment is the dumbest damn thing ever because it for one i have never felt like an adult when having sex just throwing that out there i'm an adult <laughs> and as you co- i'm a big boy oh, my yeah. baby <laughs> before you finish your list i have a caveat question there does it would you prefer things be listed not for children yes something like something like that or put it as you know like this is porn or smut or sex or something. I've I've always long had this issue with the the term calling it adult entertainment or saying not for children or making that specific designation. It's along that lines of when you make something illegal, everybody wants it. Fair. Oh yeah, that's a good point. What does a kid want to be more than anything else in the world? An adult. An adult. So if you label that as the most adult thing then you kind of fucking with them a little bit. In favor of the rating system for games like movies? Yes. Well, they tried that with that NC-17, and that just was a flop. Because, yeah, again, like you could have like a really compelling story. That uh, Hell, uh, I would say Game of Thrones could be yeah. considered NC-17, where there was actually a story and fucking. Midnight yeah. Cowboy was yeah. rated X. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I wonder what it'd be rated today. I would say honestly, R at most. You might yeah. squeak. You might squeak PG thirteen out of that. I can't remember if there's any actual nudity. I think. I think John uh, uh, Voigt may hang dong a little in that, so that might. But that's one of those rare rules where they said because the Jackass people talk about it on you know making their new movie where the blurring and everything has to happen is if the penis is erect. You can show as many limp dicks as you want, but it's when one is erect. That's when, 
that's when you're in you're into some hot water there. Well, Clockwork Orange also came in an X, and Malcolm McDowell does hang dong in that for sure. But it is totally limp. But I don't think that is not the part that got that an X rating. I think his hanging dong is definitely one of the least objectionable things about uh, Clockwork Orange. Dong is also my favorite song by New Kids on the Block. Me too. I love it. I really try to work it in as often as I can. What's number four for you, Boston? The Devil May Cry series. Okay, nice. Okay, very popular. Never played them. The first game blew my mind as far as what could be done with a video game and what could be done with, you know, chaining the combos together. Uh, I just love the atmosphere and the story of it. And that's sort of that blend where it's like, yeah, it's a horror game, theoretically, but you're a badass, so fuck them. Nice, I like that. Yeah. And also, Devil May Cry 3 was a game that kind of came in a very tender part of my life, so it was good catharsis, as well as, I still remember the day that my buddy Paul was playing Devil May Cry 3, and we just, the cat that was living with us had just had a litter of kittens, Aww. and one of the kittens was sitting on Paul's lap, and like, watching the TV as he's playing, Oh. and the cat watches the TV, looks at the hand in the controller, looks back at the TV, looks back at the controller, and when Paul stops to go grab something to drink, the cat reaches up and puts its paw on the right analog stick and starts moving Dante around. It had put two and two together. What? That's amazing. The cat had put two and two together that whatever he was doing with his hands made the man on the screen move. And wanted to do it, too. That's crazy. Did Paul pursue this with the cat? We stood there in stunned silence for a moment. I don't remember what happened after that. <laughs> yes. This proves to me that reincarnation exists. I mean, if it's good enough to get a cat <laughs> to play, that's a compelling series. That's a good yeah. argument for me oh, to list. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's a great... I've never played them, but again, got a cat to play. That's compelling. Yeah. As far as cats are concerned, that's the perfect series. Also, I bought Devil May Cry 3 because uh, Gun wasn't long enough. But anyway... <laughs> also, great game if you get a chance. It's number seven. Okay. Number three is going to be Resident Evil. The series? Mm-hmm. Uh, as, a series as, yeah, as a series as a whole, it's amazing. But for this specific list, I'm going to go with just the first game. Okay. I almost had it on my list, Boston. Good, good call. Again, it was that moment of, you know, when, when, you, when you started playing you know, Mario Brothers or Duck Hunt and you, you you get up there like oh Mario Brothers three is kind of pushing it with that you know oh, the 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 way everything's you know, the backgrounds are much cleaner, and then you get to like Resident Evil and it's like holy shit what it's important for a lot of people but that first zombie turning its head and looking over its shoulder yeah. at you oh yeah oh. yeah 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 they will change modern role playing games mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's such a good game it was my first game I ever played on PlayStation and uh, also it came out around the same time as Final Fantasy seven. And caused me to have some issues with that game. So everyone's like, Final Fantasy VII is the best ever. I was like, look at the games that came out next to it. No. <laughs> there were better games yeah, right Res- there. Resident Evil was amazing. Yeah. That's a good, good, good call out, Boston. Yeah. Which, doesn't surpri- which shouldn't surprise anybody that number two on my list is Silent Hill. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a franchise that I wish somebody else owned. So we could get more games of it. I wish someone else owned it, and I wish the people that tried to do the remaster a few years back didn't fuck it up royally. Oh, was it bad? Uh, oh, have you, oh, you not heard about that? No. It was a miserable shit show. For one, I don't know if you've heard any of the controversy over the Grand Theft Auto trilogy remaster that yes. came out a few months yep. back. The ones yep. that are terrible? 
Yeah, were they... It was rushed. They obviously were... They just shipped an unfinished product. Do you know the secret of the fog in Silent Hill, Ryan? The fog? Was it really there for the processing of the engine? Correct. Okay. A lot of games at the time, you had, as somebody put it, lights in a dark hallway, where as you would approach, things would just load around you quickly, and then you had to keep going. Yeah. So to cover that up and make it look smoother, they put the fog in there to blend out where they hadn't rendered yet. And so it created that atmosphere, but also let them get away with you know the lower processing power. Yeah. So when they did the remaster, they got rid of the fog. Oh. Oh. And it ruins the whole vibe. Yeah. Like yes, you were able to now like render the entire city at once. Oh. But that was that was the whole point, was the fog. Like that it became such an iconic part of the story. Yeah. That, you know. The same way the broken shark was what led to the Jaws being only in the movie enough to scare you. The fog yes. was a result of technology's limits, so it was used in a way that worked perfect. I think yes. it's genius. I would love to see someone do a like a spiritual successor to that, mm-hmm. to where you're doing it with like, but with PS5 technology. So, yeah, we've got the fog that's keeping certain parts hidden from the rendering yeah. because like every panel is the most detailed when you're going through the area, it's not just like, like there's things crawling all over it. It's like, it's mm-hmm. pulsing itself. Like right. I would love to see something like that where it's so detailed and so graphic intensive for that little square that you're in. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing Silent Hill without the fog. In yeah. And it, it's so weird. Cause you would think they would get that because like fog equals Silent Hill. It's like the yes. people who made the movie knew. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. So what is number one on your list? Since we apparently all are going to be going with some very obscure stuff for our top spot, Devil Dice. It was a game called Devil Dice for the PlayStation 1. Okay, there was yep. a sequel for PS2 called Bombastic. It was effectively the exact same game, just with better graphics. Okay. Devil Dice was just it was a little puzzle game where you played as these little tiny little chibi big-headed devils and... Dice would spawn up from the ground. You would walk towards the ed- like one edge, and it would turn the dice to roll that way. Mm-hmm. And you had to line it up as if you put a one up, it would it would drop. You had to get two twos, three threes, four fours, five fives, and I bet you can figure out the last one. Okay, yeah. yeah and when yeah. you could get that in a pattern or connected, you got a bunch of points. They would all flatten out. And you wait for the next ones to spawn. I love the sound of this. But it had like a thousands of little puzzle levels where it was, you know, solve this one in five moves, solve this one in three moves. That sounds awesome. Oh, I just got lost in it for, for hours on end. Those are the best types of games where you literally can like play and then all of a sudden you're like, did I hear a bird chirp? Oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> That's awesome. I found an emulated version of it once, but then I had to wipe my hard drive. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. Maybe I can get it again sometime because it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I hate the games. And that's the reason why I'm so like, wish there was a lot. I, I, I like getting everything online and stuff. I understand the, the reasoning we have online and stuff like that. But that stuff is just vanishing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I wish there was physical copies of everything because, you know, Amen. Can just I'm all for choice. If you don't yeah. want to buy a physical copy, great. Same way I am with co-op. And if you want games to play online with other people, great. But you know what I want? Two stoners sitting on a couch looking at the same screen laughing at shit. I want my wife and I there to sit go. there and be able to pick up two controllers and enjoy. So, you know what? Give us all choices. Don't put everything online. Don't put everything in a, in a digital copy. Give us both, man. Let let yeah. let the, the, the market decide. 
Yeah, exactly. Two well, stoners so thinking a cat's playing a game, you know? Let, let it happen. <laughs> Actually, I'd have to say, though, in a way, Mr. Capitalist, the market has decided. That's mm. why Steam, uh, Epic Game Store, GOG, Itch.io have gotten so big is because I don't have to go to GameStop and, like, deal with other people to get my game. And I 100% support that. I'm all for that. I just wish the other option was more readily available as well. Yeah, because gotcha. the problem is, like, for instance, like the Ninja Turtle arcade game. You can only download that from like, you know, those stores. Now, when they lose the license, so now the game is no longer available to download. I will give you one for your side, Boston. I think if you buy a digital copy, it should be cheaper. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's some that's some bullshit. Yeah, that is one I've got some issues with because, yeah, no packaging, no shipping. No, nothing. I know it has its own costs. I'm cool with that. Like, I'm not asking for it to be free. Because here's the thing. I will maybe willing. I'm willing to pay more for a case and, and to walk in and walk out with a copy. Mm-hmm. So you on the other side should have the right to say, I don't I don't want to pay for none of that, man. You you should knock me 10% off. Same way if you're bagging your own groceries. I mean, I should get 10% off if I'm the one doing this yes. shit. So I think a digital copy should at the minimum be 10, 15, 20% yeah, cheaper. Yeah, and you know, did you, speaking of that, this is kind of a little bit off topic, but did you see the shady shit Sony's doing with Horizon? No, um, so the PlayStation 5 version is $70. The PlayStation oh, yeah. 4 version is 60 with the free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version. And they're not oh, making yeah. that known. So people are going out, buying the PlayStation 5 version for 70 bucks, where they could have saved $10, bought the PS4 version, and then did the upgrade. Yeah, I've been seeing a bunch of articles telling people, like, hey, hey, by the way, hey, 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 don't do it. Now, again, you want the white case with the black PS5 logo? Great, man. Spend the money, yeah. buy that, put that on yourself. I support yeah. that. This is the thing that people should be upset by. There are, unfortunately, incels out there that are review bombing the game because Alloy is not attractive to them. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are going to Metacritic and review bombing it because they don't think she's attractive. And like I posted in our group chat, they're weirded out because she's got hair on her face because you know no woman has ever had hair on their face yeah no it's well as you may or may not know i lost in the world's beard and mustache championship to a woman we're gonna get to that when i I gotta do my list and we're gonna get to that and wrap up the show thank you for reminding me because i told scott earlier oh yeah to ask about the and now scott remembers once i remember so scott is not reliable You found just the perfect segue that worked out absolutely yes, phenomenal because it, it just happened to come out. You mentioned facial hair on women. And I'll be honest, I agree with those people in the case that I won't play a video game character if I can't fuck them. I mean, it's in my mind. That's why, that's why Trevor's my dude in yeah, GTA. That's why I'm all about Cubert, as you're about to find out. Um, that, oh, dude, with those dick-sucking lips yeah, on Cubert, yeah. can you imagine what that Hoover this can do? This is like going to be our most... Don't listen to this at work episode ever. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. My six, because I, I I wanted I wanted to take after you all, is a puzzle game called Luminous. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was one. like the only Good reason one. to really have a PSP at the time. And I would just sit there in the dark, mesmerized by all the lights and all the music. I think I sunk hundreds of hours into it. It's so good. I wish they would make a new one. I don't know why Sony... I think it's a Sony-owned... Uh, production so i don't know why they haven't done anything new in that that seems great to blend with the beat saber type technology yeah. oh yeah, yeah exactly. that would be yeah yeah number five and this is everybody knows who i am as a person so this one of these games has to be on this list is spider-man ps4 and so shocking um, so good yeah, it's so, so good. good it finally gets the swinging right 
It gets his character right. Yeah. It has a really good story. I cried. I was like on the edge of my seat in scenes. It's phenomenal. It did for Spider-Man what the Arkham series did for Batman. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, good, good way of putting um, it, yes. And I'm hoping the second one, because, you know, they are doing the sequel right now. Uh, I love the Miles one, too, by the way. But I thought Miles was the sequel. There's another yeah, one there's, coming? Uh, Miles is essentially like Spider-Man 1.5. Uh, but the proper two Ooh. is uh, coming next year, and it's Spider-Man and Miles, and it looks like teaming up against Venom because there's a cutscene at the very end of Spider-Man that kind of hints to Venom. I, I, can't, I can't call that a hint. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty much it's up pretty pretty fucking, open. It's yeah, pretty fucking obvious. That goo looks very venomous. No, not like that. But could be a red herring. They may just give you the shadow. And the only off. thing that keeps it at five and not higher, I think the open world is not as alive as I wish it would be. So I'm hoping they put more into the open world. I don't need a bunch of like little icons all sure. over the place, but I'd like it to be a little bit more. Having said it's the Arkham to Spider-Man, I will say Arkham City and Arkham Knight do that version better. The city in those two games is better yeah. than the yeah. than, than, than New York yeah. is. But it was the introduction of J. Jonah Jameson as an Alex Jones figure, and they have carried that over to the yep. movies, and that is because yes. that is what J. Jonah Jameson should be today. Yep. He should it be Alex Jones. It was the best Jones. way to update that character is to make him, because, you know, newspapers are pretty much dead. So yeah, uh, number four for me is Final Fantasy three or six, if you want to go with the the original accounting. Uh, it was Final the Fantasy first. Six if you're nasty. <laughs> nice. Miranda's gonna love that because she loved the last episode. No, Branch is gonna love that because he loved when I did the Giant Jackson if you're nasty reference in the last episode. So Boston, you are now Branch's favorite. I win. But Final Fantasy six. I still I don't really care for a lot of the RPGs today. I I still think I prefer like the turn-based ones, but this one has some of the biggest like story points in any of the Final Fantasy games. The opera scene is amazing. The part where the world is destroyed. It's just mm -hmm. a phenomenal game with I think really cool characters. I know people love them, but the turn-based combat's the reason I, I I one of the things I said I loathe Final Fantasy. I don't like anime and I don't like turn-based combat, so that's why games like Final Fantasy and old R JRPGs lose me because they're so anime-based and they're all turn-based combat. I know people love them, but it's like, hey, oh, you, yep, yep, nope, hate that, <laughs> yep, hate that. Oh, you put them together, yeah, no, I'm out. No, I, I totally get. It. I respect that. I just uh, I love them, the old school ones. I I try to play that new Final Fantasy VII. We had an episode where Ratliff came on, and I remember we were all supposed to try to finish the game before the episode i played 10 hours and just was like you know what i'm not going to play any more of this i'm just going to let them spoil it on the episode because i can't i will say 15 looked really good that was the first one that like i was i was working again at a big box retailer uh at the time and at 15 came out and i looked at it was like oh, okay okay ma maybe maybe i might i might do this yeah. i didn't but it, it, it's the first one that like again like i guess catching a new king can be like well yeah I'm not going to watch those videos now, but I could see me coming back and checking a few of those yep. out later. All right, cool, cool, cool. Not safe for office uh, episode. Um, <laughs> number three <laughs> is Vandal Hearts. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah uh, Konami, yeah. both of them, one and two. It's a, it's what, how would you consider it, Boston? What would it be called? Like a Command and Conquer old school, right? Like the turn base in a way. Turn base, but like, you know, still kind of real time because you're controlling multiple units. Yeah, because it's kind of like that, like kind of like that, right? I mean, it's it's all knights and stuff like that. Like you would move your character and then you would fire your stuff. And it's all like on a uh, grid. Uh, tacti tactics. Yeah, like a tactics game. And it's all on the grid. I like those games. Okay, oh, I do love that. That turn base is fun. Okay, I see, I see, I see. 
It is. I'm a very hypocrite. That turn base is great. I do love a real-time strategy. Civilization could have easily made a sixth place in my list. So, yes, uh, Dawn of War, I love turn base like that. But turn-based combat in, a, in an RPG does not do it for yeah. me. But turn-based strategy, hell yeah. And, uh, number two for me, I love platforming games, so I was trying to figure out what my favorite platformer is. I was going to go Mario Galaxy, but I think my favorite platformer of all time is Donkey Kong Country 2. Okay. Oh, I see it. That's all the one right. where they introduced Dixie. And Dixie, I think, has a better control because she's got where you can kind of glide her with her hair spinning, which I that was what I hated about Donkey Kong Country 3 because they brought in that big fat-ass junior. And <laughs> I hated him so much in that game. But Donkey Kong Country 2 is probably, as far as I'm concerned, the best of like the 2D platforming uh, video games. Probably Mario Galaxy is my favorite 3D one, but uh, Donkey Kong Country uh, 2. And then number one on my list is another cheat here. It's the Uncharted slash Tomb Raider series. I love anything where you get to go into tombs and explore. I just finished Uncharted 4 this past weekend. So, it's so good. good. So good. It's my favorite. And I really hope if they go on with Uncharted series, they do move to other characters. Like I think in the um, Lost Legacy, you play as Nadine because I think they wrap up Drake and Elena's story so perfect in Uncharted 4 that I, I just would hate for them. <laughs> To kind of ruin that ending. Totally agreed. So you've not played Lost Legacy? No, that's the one I'm going to play next. Like I'm kind of getting into an Uncharted kick right now. I finished four, and I discovered on my PlayStation. I guess you know whenever they sells and you just download stuff. I have the Nathan Drake collection. They gave it away for during COVID. When COVID first hit, they gave it to anybody who had PS Plus. Yeah, that must be how I got it. So I'm playing through Uncharted one right now. I'm going to go to two and three, and I'm going to end on the Lost Legacy. Uncharted one's a little rough. Oh, it is. It's hard. I, I recommend people can skip it. Like people are like, man, I can't yeah. get into this. Cool, skip it. Go to two. Two is the best of the yeah. original series anyway. Yeah. So jump into that. Four is phenomenal. Um, Lost Legacy is okay. It, you play as Nadine and Chloe. You switch back and forth. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. One's rough. That 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 scene in the where you're doing the jet skis, where you have to shoot the grenade and drive, yeah, but you can't do both at the same time. That's enough to make me quit. It's frustrating. It was just so bad. And they also, the Scaldi character isn't likable in Uncharted 1. Like, he, be, I think they finally get his character in the second or third one. They definitely have about the fourth one. But the first. I'm real worried about Marky Mark being able to pull it yeah. off. Hey, the movie did well this weekend. I have heard from people who have seen it. This is kind of my words, not theirs. But remember how Resident Evil, for the first Resident Evil movie with Mila Jovovich? Yeah. Y'all had yeah. to accept, like, okay, it's not Resident Evil. But it's doing its thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's the deal with Uncharted. It's like, yeah. but they still, but they take not, action sequences from Uncharted into the movie, though. It looks like a lot of four. It looks like you. I haven't seen it, but from the trailer, it looks like you're getting Rafe. It looks like you're getting Nadine. It looks like you're getting Chloe. You're getting the auction. So you're getting some set pieces from four. It mentions three, Sam. The part where he falls out of the plane. Plane. Yeah. Which is the best? It is the best set, best set piece from the entire series. Maybe shy of the train in two. That one's pretty damn good. Part of the uh, the the scene in four where you're going down the hill trying to escape that giant tank that's trying to destroy you, and you're on that little moped. Mm -hmm. So good, so good. I should have put Uncharted on my list because I, I I do absolutely love them. I absolutely phenomenal with them. There again, I was looking forward to a movie Nathan Drake with Tom Holland. I don't hate that. It's not wouldn't have been what I picked. My dream casting, if it was up to me, I would have put Chris Pratt as Nathan Drake because I know Nathan Fillion's perfect, but he's too old now. He would have been great years ago, but I think Chris Pratt's perfect now. I think now. Pratt's doing enough stuff. I think we we've given him Mario and Garfield <laughs> now. I guess. 
I agree. And keep in mind, I formed this opinion like three, four okay, years ago. Right. So I still think I would like. I would. I would love to see Nathan Fillion, even 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 now. I, I think. I agree. He was. He would have been yeah. perfect. And the, the little fan film he did was phenomenal. Yeah, was. But I think the perfect pick right now, again, outside of the Chris Pratt bloom, is Chris Pratt as Nathan Drake, and you give the ultimate callback. You do Harrison Ford as Sully. Mm. But Harrison Ford would not do it. Harrison Ford seems to be too grumpy to do anything fun. That's perfect. Sully's grumpy. Yeah. He, he he can do the mustache. He's perfect. He, again, is Indiana Jones, who Nathan Drake is clearly based on. So it's a great Quentin Tarantino. Let me get all my heroes yeah. here. Like, that's who it should be. But, um, dude, I have to say, that is the best topper of a list. I love the Uncharted series. I can't get into Tomb Raiders well, but the Uncharted's are great. I, I'm so mad. I, I think we all list. crushed it. Like, yes. if you think about it. The diversity yeah. here in these lists is crazy. 20, we each had 20, 20 slots all together. And I don't think any of us repeated a single game. No. Not a one. But I think a lot of that's also generational. Well, no, we're all about the same age. Yes, generational trauma is a problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mine, and then I probably your our, our gaming starts a little earlier. And then I missed a whole like several console okay. generations by just not yeah. playing and then came back to it later. So I think where you were in your life, even off by a couple years at a certain moment, makes a certain game hit yeah. harder yeah, like than others. For me, and yeah. like Boston, yeah. Scott Atlantis, your list, like you have like the Skyrims, the Fallouts, and all those, uh, EverQuest, those are games I never played because I was all console. Right. Like I never really got a, a, a PC to play games other than to. I apparently masturbate to Larry. <laughs> All right, so real quick, we need to do this because we we got it. We're running a little late. Lance, tell us. So you lost, actually lost the beer contest. Okay, so I've lost a lot of them, but the one you're specifically referring to, <laughs> uh, my, my wife actually has more trophies than I do. Just to give a shout out there to what goes up. Uh, yes, okay. I do competitive bearding, and yes, that's a thing. It's like a human dog show. And my thing was, I wanted to go compete in the World Beard and Mustache Championship. It travels around. Okay. It's every two years, and the Germans are kind of the the inventor of the beard competition as a sport. How do you say the Germans were the inventors of the beard? I was like, wait, what? no, no, uh, as a sport, <laughs> as, as as a sport, uh, they, okay. they kind of invented bearding. Uh, and please yeah. feel free to snicker and know that I laugh when I say the word sport, referring to bearding as one who does it. I'm totally understanding of the irony. But it travels every two years because every two years they do the worlds and then nationals and the worlds and nationals. It alternates. And usually it's all over Austria, whatever. Again, I'm a poor comedian with a family of four. I can't afford to just jump on a bus and go, even if it's for a charitable event, I can't do that. So it yeah. came to Texas. And I was like, you know what I can do? Jump on a van with a bunch of other beardos and hitchhike my way down to Texas. And that's what I did. I hooked up with other beardos. Yeah, that's the official term. I jumped up with a bunch of other beardos, me and my wife, and we booked an Airbnb and we threw in on a van. Rank strangers. Never met these people, but that's just the wonderful ability of the beard community. They're just great people because um, it's all charity events. Again, there, there's no money, one, nothing. And so we, we we all chartered a van to go to Texas. So I competed in the World Beard and Mustache Championship. It was great. Um, I did not win, did not even fucking come close. Mm. Um, I came in 63rd. So I, this is- How many were there? Well, now keep in mind that is sixty third in my category. Oh God! They, 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 yeah, there were there were seven hundred plus competitors total. Okay, now let me ask you a question real quick. Yep. Do they? Is it all just on the quality of your beard, or do you also have to do like some kind of performance? You got to like come out there and be like a like a wrestling star, anything like that, or is it all? Just no, no. So there's the not like really. a talent competition, okay. is what you. But what now? What I will say, no real big presentation. Is, just um, come out well, there. 
No, but no talent portion. You okay. just literally walk out on the stage. The judges see you. You walk away. Again, it's more like a like a dog show. They they okay. they print you out, put you in front of the audience. The audience gets a chance, and then they print you by the judges. And then if the judges want, they call you back, you know, and do their thing. But yeah, what happens? It's not just about length. It's about uh, length, fullness, color, shape, how it fits you specifically, and so on. So it's totally subjective. That's what one judge can think you eat shit. One judge can think you're the greatest thing ever. Okay. And so how many judges depends. I think at the world, there were seven or eight, um, but okay. I've been, at, I've been at some where there were just three I've judged where there were three, four. So each competition, but I think at the world, if I recall, there were like eight and they take the top five scores or some nonsense or only five judged at a time. I, I don't okay. know. Anyway, what was your category? Full beard, natural, uh, it was in centimeters, but it basically equaled out to like 13 to 15 inches. Um, okay. Full beard natural is just grow it and show it. No styling products, no nothing. That's where the showmanship comes in. There are categories like freestyle where people do. That's what you always see, like the BuzzFeed articles on where people do the crazy shapes and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a beautiful art. It's not my art. That's a Van Gogh. I, I, I'm more of a, a rock, uh, Norman Rockwell kind of guy, right? I just like classic styles, but they do mustaches compete against mustaches and specifics against specifics. I competed in full beard, styled full beard, natural. Again, it was like 13 to 15 inches. And I came in 63rd out of like 107 was in my category. Okay. Okay. So I always laugh and joke and say that this was formerly the 63rd greatest beard in the world. But the <laughs> nice. technicality behind that was my category. Now, Huh. All a full disclosure, I tied for sixty third. But oh. that motherfucker's okay. not a guest here tonight. So as far no, as no, we're concerned, no, 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 this no, was no. the sixty third greatest yeah. beard in yeah, the world exactly. in two thousand seventeen. Yeah. In fact, in fact, we're going to edit that part out, Lance. Yeah, and, and technically, <laughs> I don't lose the, the I guess my standing till two thousand nineteen when I don't go back to Antwerp. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I did my thing. I came in sixty third, but. True story, honest engine, sixth place in my category was a woman, a natural born okay. biological but she, woman. But she, she grew a beard? Like who, has a, beard? who okay. has a genetic condition that dude will put more, most guys to shame. And now I tell a, I tell this story as a joke on stage as well. And I got her permission. I, she's a friend of mine. She's, a, she's awesome. Rose is a wonderful human being and a legend in the bearding world. She does judging for and, and, and competitions, and we all love her. She's great. And in all honesty, neither of us won. She came in sixth. But what a way to give a bit of a victory to somebody who probably had a real shitty life, you know, yeah, yeah, in yeah. that area. Somebody who's probably been teased about something and, and, and had all – can you imagine her online life and the people – So she had like that disease like that uh... – where some people will like end up back in the back in the day would have to join like and I'm not trying to make fun here would have to join like the carnival and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah, at the PCOS is I think what it is. Um, and again, I don't want to get in her life. I don't know, but she has some yeah. kind of medical condition that lets her grow a beard. That do I mean like is she's in the Guinness Book of World Records if that gives you an idea. Okay. Um, and she grows a beautiful beard. I would like to think not better than mine, but the judges disagreed, so I digress. Yeah, <laughs> but she, anyway, she's a sweetheart of a person. And when I wrote the joke, I reached out and was like, "Hey, because how how dumb, how terrible a comedian would I be if I did not recognize the irony of competing in a beard competition and getting beaten by a woman?" Yeah, oh, yeah. No, the, you can I mean, throw out all the gender norms you want, but I would be a terrible stand-up comedian if I did not recognize the irony of that. 
And Boston's heard me tell the joke a thousand times and never in the joke do I ever shit on her for winning. It's it's always shitting on me for just losing. It's a joke yeah. about the irony of it. But she's a hu- just a huge uh, part of the beauty world and an awesome person. And I wrote her and was like, hey, I, I wrote this joke about, can are you cool with this? And she was like, fuck yeah. And <laughs> the great thing is, Whenever I do tell a joke, somebody always comes up and asks about her and not one person has ever been like, how dumb, fuck that, whatever. People are always like, really? That's awesome. Because a huge chunk of the joke, I celebrate her. Again, I do the whole bit about what I talked about a minute ago where, you know, somebody who probably deserves a victory, somebody whose middle school may have been an issue and, and yeah. somebody who who probably, you know, has had far more society shitting on them and took a far better stance to to bust out of her personal closet because we all have one and hers is a Gillette away, right? And so for her to bust out and go, I'm going to be me no matter what the fuck you want is amazing. And we should all be so brave. So I always make sure to celebrate her, but yeah, it is, it is hilarious to me that I come in 63rd and a half and she comes in sixth. I'd be again, a terrible comedian not to recognize the irony of that. Yeah. What were you going to say, Boston? I don't remember. (laughs) Yes. But no, no, I think that's true. Like I, it's the thing I always say is like where people will always just go for the easy joke and just are, will punch down. And yeah, I mean, it's better. The way you tell the story is the way it should be told. Oh, sure. so well said Lance. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And again, the other thing is like as a comedian, tying for some stupid arbitrary number is way funnier than winning if i had won my category yes i could have walked around as a world champion yeah right and you you just think about it is anybody listening right now a world champion in what they do i i have friends who are i have friends who are world champion bearding legends and that could have been me that, you know, I'm there, I'm competing. I put in my chance. If I had one, I would have lost one of my all time favorite jokes, a phenomenal story. Yes. Yeah. I would have oh, got yeah. something different, but so again, tying for some dumb arbitrary number is far, far funnier and <laughs> yeah. makes a far better comedian moment than actually winning. The only thing that can make the story better is if you peed on the number 63 <laughs> that you. that's the only way it could have been the story better you know um, so uh, I just saw sc- the Scream 5 yesterday <laughs> awesome. that's what, that's what made your story even, even more fitting <laughs> that's amazing alright so we'll kind of wrap this up we talked a lot about games so we'll just go into recommendations Scott do you want to start with recommendations I will my recommendation is based on something you recommended probably more than once and it was the reason of, of my Apollo 13 opening line earlier uh, so R- Ryan has been trying to get me to watch a series for, for what, almost, I don't know, months now, yeah. uh, maybe longer. So I finally caved in and booted it up, and it I am addicted. It's called For All Mankind. So who, who, if you don't know what it's about, that's basically what would have happened if Russia had beat us to the moon. You know, yeah, yeah the whole the whole race behind that and, you know, what, what we might would have done afterwards. And it's just so freaking incredible uh every episode is just so intense you know it keeps you on your seat and i it was so bad because i know know how ryan is about binging uh sometimes he can't binge a show if it's too intense so i said ryan i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you don't binge this show correct yeah no no how how far are you into it now I don't know, maybe halfway through episode six of one, five, five, okay. five six. Yep. Yeah, it's Something an like intense show. And it yeah. also spans decades. Yeah, that's what's so incredible. So right now, uh, it, my next 
the episode I'm on, it, it, two years have passed from from the first episode, episodes I've watched. So I'm, I'm getting ready to experience the first like time uh, time lapse. Yeah, uh, second season focuses on the Cold War and how the Cold War would be different if if Russia had the strength that they had. Yeah. Uh, after hitting the landing on the moon first, so yeah, I'm yeah. glad you're enjoying it, man. Oh, I am. That was a great re- re- recommendation from you, and uh, I highly recommend it as well. Well, thank you, Boston. What's your recommendation? Well, my recommendation actually would be if you are a horror fan and you already have Dead by Daylight installed, the new chapter is coming out soon, and it is Ringu. Oh, cool! So, if you are a fan of if you're a fan of the Ring, which also I think it's kind of funny because similar to when Dead by Daylight first dropped, they had the four killers of the Trapper, who was sort of Jason Voorhees, the Hillbilly, which was supposed to be. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Wraith, which was something else, and then The Nurse. Then they actually got the rights to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, and brought <laughs> Bubba in, brought in Leatherface, and was able to actually nice. make them play completely differently, right? Like they don't they don't play the same. Yeah. So they made a spirit of vengeance type character, and now they got the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but don't tend to make them redundant when that happens so far based on the, the Leatherface. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. super cool. Also, to piggyback off of this, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game that's coming out the next year or so found out recently that apparently it's going to be three versus four asymmetrical. Say what? Oh, so you're going to have like three people playing the family? Yeah. That was the thing they brought up. They're like, yeah, Leatherface wasn't the only killer mm. in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. Well, that's so, real good barbecue. Oh, my God. Yep. I hope somebody could, I hope you could be the grandpa in that little wheelchair. God, I hope so. Oh, yes. Oh that would God. make me so happy. Yes. It's like you just you can't move, but you like you can do like tactic. Did anyone here ever actually play Heroes of the Storm? It's just me. No, I have not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the characters in MOBAs, you've got all the badass characters who go out and you you fight and you dab things or I explode things. There was one. He was a Zerg, and it was a Zerg like parasite. So he doesn't actually do anything. He just like hides somewhere on the map. And then, like, sends his parasite out to hover over another unit, mm-hmm. and then you control that unit. So, like, if he That's just awesome. like he just sat there inert, but you could like go to the other killers and give them boons. Oh, that would be awesome. Okay, so here's what you do. Here's what you do, with Grandpa. You can't actually attack, but if another killer, since you're doing four on one killers, brings you a victim, you can drain their blood or drop your hammer on yeah. their head. <laughs> Man, you have to work um, together. Somebody's really got to bring you a kill. But that is really awesome. Gotta start that playing awesome. that game. That sounds amazing, and it's cross console, right? I believe it's so. Supposed to be. Is there an estimated release date or anything? Let me double oh, check. For the chainsaw game? No. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think they've got an uh, official release date yet. It's okay. really like they did that. I think they showed that little trailer on the Keeley Awards. And then I think little information has been dripping and dropping out, but I don't think that anything. That is really interesting that it's three on four. I think it sounds fat and yeah, yeah, that's gonna be badass. My recommendation is Amazon Prime show called Reacher. Oh, love the books. <laughs> it's, so I like the first Tom Cruise movie. I'm not a, I didn't haven't read the books, but I know a lot of people were upset when Tom Cruise got cast because so Reacher's was being so like wrong. a giant monster type guy. This show definitely has the casting right because this Reacher guy looks like a freak next to everybody else. He is it's, perfect. He is perfect. Yes. I love that one scene where they're like, what's up, Sasquatch? <laughs> yeah. He is. Town? Yeah. He is massive. 
They've already picked it up for the second season, and I think every season is going to be based off of one of the books. I'm one or two episodes into the season, but I am really digging it. That The dude, <laughs> I knew him before because he was on Titans. He played Hawk on the Titans series. Uh, oh, but on that, yeah. on that series, he doesn't really get to do much, but he is really good on the show. He's charismatic. The um, action sequences are really well done. Yeah, I'm really digging it. Usually that scene with a dog. I haven't seen any dog yet, but I heard there's a dog in Reacher, and I'm excited to see this dog. Oh, have you not seen that? It's more. It's in one of the commercials. Okay. Yeah, look it up. It's great. I saw the prison fight scene in one of the commercials where he gets the yeah, guy's yeah. sunglasses, and it's great. But he is so much more like the, the the book version. The book version really sets him up to be a badass because they talk about his former military person, his military life, and how he's an MP. And I never thought anything about that. I was like, okay, you watch a guard gate, right? And they explain in the book that, hey, don't forget that it, soldiers are trained killers, and these are the people who keep trained killers in line. And I yeah. went, oh. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good so far. It's uh, I've not seen the dog yet, but I have seen the prison. There's two prison fight scenes in the first episode, and they're both spectacular. Uh, very brutal. Not the raid level brutal. Are they a part of Punisher's prison scenes? Yeah, yeah. Not the Punisher. I like how we have to, we do, we have prison scenes. Like the Raid, yeah. the Punisher, Reacher. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's excellent. And Lance, since you're the guest, what is your recommendation? So I, I actually have, this got turned on to me a while back and I just uh, checked out the first episode today and I'm dying to watch next. Uh, Murderville on Netflix. Okay. Wow. Um, it is hilarious so far. Um, it's Will Arnett, who I absolutely love. Yep. In a cop show, oh, yeah. playing this burnout detective cop, and each week, each episode, he gets paired with a new real world celebrity, and they try and solve a murder. He plays it super straight, super. What are you doing? I don't need a new partner. And then Conan O'Brien uh, in the episode I watched is just like, "Hey, so let me ask you some questions." And it's just the timing's funny. Okay, yeah, I know. That's the one where it's a different a different partner every episode. Yes, Conan O'Brien's in the first episode. That's the one I watched. But I saw that they were also uh, had episodes coming up with Sharon Stone's in one. Yes, yeah, Sharon Stone's in one. My mind's drawn a blank at the Some moment. Some football player, the the guy that likes Skittles. So you may have already mentioned it, but you are aware of the the, the big hook with that show, right? No, the guest is the only one who hasn't been given the script. Oh yes, yes. They they oh. actually they mentioned that in the first episode. Yes, yes, yes. The guest has no idea. Yes, that is the I had not mentioned that I forgot that. But yes, the guest is just so again, there's Conan O'Brien basically playing a game of clue with all these people around him. It is yeah. great. Absolutely yeah. they, great. They said, like, you know, the typical thing with improv is yes and mm -hmm. they say that Sharon Stone's episode, she decides not to go with that role at all. And they say it's hysterical. Yeah, it's supposed to be phenomenal. It's based on a British show, what? which that I don't makes think sense. you can find anywhere. Of course it is. Yeah, but I think it's doing well. I hope it gets a... I've not watched any episodes yet, but it seems like everybody that watched it like you, Lance, loves it, and hopefully they'll bring it back, because it can't be that expensive. I'm one in and love it. I haven't yeah. seen it at all, but I'm now intrigued. I love Will Arnett. Same, I do too. He's got... Um, and I hate to say this, because believe it or not, there's more podcasts out there than us, just us. What? I know it's weird. No, there's a podcast called Smartless, which has uh, I can't think of his name, the actor's name, but he was on Will and Grace. He played the gay best friend. Eric something. No, it's Sean Sean Hayes. Oh yeah, uh, Sean Hayes, Jason Bateman, and Will Arnett. And each week they just bring in like a guest that's one of their friends, and they just basically shoot the shit for an hour. It's a phenomenal. I was saying it's a that sounds like a good formula. We should give it a shot. 
Yeah, we should we should try that. Weird, but do we we gotta get, we gotta get some celebrities? I we got well, I got one tonight for sure. But you know, let's start doing a lot of celebrities. There it is. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Boston, go ahead because I this is the part of the show where I don't know what to do because I want to end it and I don't <laughs> know how to. So I'll let you end the end it for us. Well, once again, uh, Lance, it was so good to hear from you again. I've missed your face so much. Aww. Uh, I also miss tugging on your beard as we kiss gently in the night. Oh. Is there anything you want to plug real quick? Because I know that normally I typically, honestly, at the moment, I don't, I'm not doing anything. Like I yeah. said, I, I, I don't, you can, you can go back and check out my old podcast. I left the network, the the content I'm still proud of. It's still there. You can find deadbeat radio. So if you do want to hear more of me, it's there. I don't promote the network anymore. So I I'll skip the like, subscribe, all that BS. But if you want to go listen to the content, you can find it. Deadbeat radio Outlander media network was the place where it was found i don't promote them i don't encourage you to check them out per se um but please feel free to uh uh go uh check out the content i am still very proud of that but at the moment no i don't have anything to plug nothing coming up but i still love you oh hopefully he'll have something to promote soon boston when you me cody and him get together and uh, amen podcast yeah we finally work on the on, on hidden project number 17 yeah yeah, we're not involving Scott in it, but I hope Scott forgives us. I forgive Lance, but not you guys. Fair. Okay. Thank All you. Right. I accept it. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Internet, for coming and joining us. We have been BRB AFK. We will see you all in the next episode. Good night. Bye. Bye. Later. I'm a businessman with a business plan I'm gonna make you money in business land I'm a cool guy talking about GameStop I'm definitely not a cop Why'd you say you're not a cop? Because I'm not I think that you're a cop I also think that you're a cop Now listen boys, you better both stop Or I'll have you arrested I'm not a cop I'm a businessman with a business tan I spend my days in a big black unmarked van If you wanna talk turkey, I'm here to talk shop I'm definitely not a cop You're a motherfucking cop I can tell from the way that you stand And you said that you worked in an unmarked van Well listen boys, I'm not a cop